drunk dummy make the feeling no gon' kill it. Ride or die, ride or die, yeah, you wanna be my ride or die, ride or die, yeah. Wanna try, wanna try, up on MTV, wanna try, ride or die, yeah. Ride or die, ride or die, yeah, you wanna be my ride or die, ride or die, yeah. Wanna try, wanna try, up on MTV, wanna try, ride or die, yeah. Howdy. Hi, sorry, 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 we suck. Yeah, no worries. We were not like prepared at all. Like we went to go start adding it up and Rick realized he hadn't even created like the layout, like, you know, the teams. So we had to go and we're like, shit, who has who on who team? And then we had to go and go through those and write them out and then fucking add everything up then count it up. It was a mess. And I'm a perfectionist. So not <laughs> the names had to be in alphabetical order with a slash and no space in between with a semicolon. You know, you know what I mean? It was just yeah, like, up. like somebody's fucking judging his notes. <laughs> but with that I would have. But with that being said, it's so I never have to do it. I just copy and paste and change the points and hey, it's easy to track. You so, saw what I what did. I yeah. You know, exactly. So. Sorry, I'm after listening to our podcast, which I rarely do, um, just because I don't like the sound of my voice mainly. <laughs> and I already find myself hilarious enough. I don't need the head, my head to get any bigger. He's lying. He thinks we suck and that you guys are weird for liking us. I think I suck. I think you guys are really good at this shit. <laughs> You're really good at this shit. But look, I'm the only one on this fucking this round table that doesn't have a nickname. Because we Tony already told you. No. You you're the one who gives the I nicknames. can't self appoint. So we gotta come up with a nickname for you. I don't want I don't you to do come nicknames. up with a nickname for me, honestly. What's your full name? I'm not saying that on the podcast. <laughs> he knows Would you like my mother's maiden name in the last four of my social as well? <laughs> I more so meant your first name. Uh, Ricky. That's what's on your birth certificate? Yes, sir. R-I-C-K-E-Y. Well, we call you Rick. There you go. You've already got a nickname. All right. Bingo. <laughs> there we go. There you go. Ricky Rick Hayes. <laughs> Ooh. Don't spend it all in one Fire. place. Ooh. Fire. Ricky, don't lose that number. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's going to be one of those oh, nights. Um, I love it. I'm here for it. I'm in a good mood today. I'm fucking stoked. I had a good day. Uh, did you guys catch the title of the episode? Oh, God, dear Lord. Yes, I caught the title. Friend, Friend or foe. Yes. Foe, F-A-U-X. F-A-U-X, yeah. yes. I used to have a stepdad. And he'd hit me when I was younger and leave me black and blue. Oh, yeah. He was a horrible four paw or faux pas. <laughs> you fucked up your I don't own care. Joke. I don't care. It's fucking great. A horrible faux pas. <laughs> You're so lame. I'm fucking. That's why you probably shouldn't smoke weed before you do a podcast, ladies and gents. Wasn't the first episode called No Mercy or something like that? No, it was um, or no. Don't die don't for, me, for Argentina. me, Argentina. Don't yeah. die for me, Argentina. Let's. What's funny yeah. is don't don't cry for me, Argentina is also a title of a challenge episode. Oh, just not from this season. Also, Madonna song. Hmm. Just putting that out there. Don't cry. I'm not doing that. Let's let's get off that. <laughs> this isn't the smooth smooth sounds of the challenge fan the podcast. <laughs> 
Oh, man. How's everybody's week? How was your week, Tony? Over. (laughs) Yeah, the best (laughs) part of it. I was sick for the first for Monday and Tuesday, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I've just been having headaches a lot lately. So I had like a full blown migraine Thanksgiving weekend. And then it never like fully went away. So that's rough. Yeah. But I mean, we got we got Survivor and the challenge being being home for two days. Got me hooked on NCIS Hawaii. Oh, nice. (laughs) I'm halfway through season one of that. And I'm all caught up (laughs) on the new like on season two of CSI Las Vegas. Wow. Much more interesting story in season two than season one. Like they brought back Catherine Willows from the original series Mm -hmm. for this season. But she actually has like a solid reason for being there. When they brought back Sarah and Gil Grissom for season one, they had like a decent reason, but it was never going to take them more than a season. Mm -hmm. Like they were never going to stick around. There was never really a reason for them to. Yeah. But I could see her sticking around, which is nice. So I'm sure Tony's real friends that are on his Facebook think I'm a fucking prick because he'll post something (laughs) and then I'll just give him shit for it. You just talk about it. Because we've talked about it before. (laughs) (laughs) You know, all the people on Tony's Facebook are all like super nice. Like he gets like tons of likes and there's like always like 50 comments on there and shit. And they're like all super nice. Like everybody's super nice on there. Mm -hmm. And then here we come, the freaking asshole Americans (laughs) just talking shit. (laughs) Yeah. He's like, I'm getting really into NCIS. I'm like, what are you going to watch next? Jag? (laughs) Perhaps. What was the other? I forget what the I other one I said. I saw that I forget what the other one was, but I mean, like, <laughs> if you if you want to get technical about it, Jag should have come first because it was Jag then NCIS. Mm. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. Then CIS is a spinoff. To be honest, sure. like, I really wanted to like nail home that reference, and I know one of them was good because I went to the Wikipedia page and looked at CBS like <laughs> broadcast shows during prime time. And oh my like, God. I almost hit you with the Dr. Quinn medicine woman, but I figured <laughs> that was going too far. <laughs> I, I mean, that. I used to watch, I used to watch it sporadically. I never sought it out. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I used to watch Jag with my dad all the time and a little, like he watched in, I think he actually watches the original NCIS, but I liked, was it New Orleans with um the dude from Tokyo Drift? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. And, uh, and Scott Bakula from Quantum Leap. Yes, dude. That's a show. I fucking love the original. I know they're doing a remake. I don't even know if it's yeah, out yet. I've but... heard it's... I, I think it just started because I I meant to keep an eye out for it and I must have just... I must have missed it. But apparently it's pretty good. I mean, I'll check it out because I like the original. The original was just so far ahead of its time. And I think people are yeah. more willing to accept the premise of this show nowadays than they were in the late 80s, early 90s. Totally. I remember my my dad, who's where I get my like fantasy sci-fi love from. Yeah. Like I remember him like us going camping and it was like raining out and he was reading out loud to me uh Terry Brooks's Magic Kingdom for Sale Sold. And it just like it kind of like spiraled my interest nice. into it. So but Anyways, mm-hmm. that's a long rant about that. What are you doing over there? I am just scrolling our chat right now. I was very far behind in chat, and I was just scrolling to see if anything interesting happened in there. This really isn't the best time for that. <laughs> well, I don't know honest. nothing about the song. I don't know nothing about the shows you guys are talking about. You don't just... know Quantum Leap? No. Oh, 
fuck. Did you watch Sliders? Yeah, you don't, with Jerry O'Connell. What? Oh, yeah, yeah. No. From the real love. Boat. All right. So, uh, welcome to the Challenge Fandom Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about <laughs> Quantum Leap for Karina's benefit in the future. Um, so, it's a show about this guy. I I forget. I I believe it's a supercomputer he gets into or something. And it basically takes him back in time into like a different like universe, kind of like Marvel universe where it's the same people and everyone. Okay. But he'll have to play like this person and he'll have to change something about their live life. Okay. And then if he doesn't, he's stuck there. Is but this- if he does, he can move on to the next one. He keeps trying to jump around to get back home. Is this like an older show or originally? Yes. Uh, it was 89 to 93. Yeah. Okay. And then now they're That's remaking I didn't it. Watch it. And he's got like a little computer friend that holds like this block, or well, really, it's like a bunch of Legos with some lights in it that he pretends mm-hmm. is. It's pretty cool. Huh. I liked it. The new one just started mid September. Cool. It's worth a watch. Then I would check it out if I ever had time. Definitely. I'd even have time to watch Survivor. So there's that. <laughs> just coming straight out with that hundred percent transparency look i want to be <laughs> real with our fans like look we don't right. really ever get into the fucking drama but we're going to get a little bit into some of the drama that we happened are today. definitely going to get a little bit of drama today but guys <laughs> i'm kind of stoked for the new intro music I'm yeah oh my gosh yes right yeah how freaking dope is that so Yes, our intro music, I'm sure you guys noticed, was a little bit different this week. Ride or die. Ride or die. Oh, my God. I want to put it on really quick because that is so... Because Tony doesn't know what you're talking about. It is so much fun. So, um, Tommy, the challenge fan who has, like, the challenge tattoos and, like, all that kind of stuff, he wrote a song. So, he's a musician. And he wrote a song about the first episode of Ride or Dies, like talking about the challengers and things that happened in the episode. And then he's going to write a song like every week after the episode releases. And like he had reached out to us and he, you know, told us about it or whatever. And we listened to him. And we were like, dude, this actually kind of goes like this is pretty dope. So that's the song that's playing in the beginning and uh yeah dude shouts to tommy because this shit is super cool i don't know if it's gonna work because i don't have my wi-fi on but sacrifice connection for wi-fi real quick <laughs> we just talked about the song you got to put it on okay and it, guys if you want to hear, hear the full thing it's it's funny it's well thought out yes it's well put together it's on uh, soundcloud we'll link it down below for everybody we'll also have it linked below and then we're also gonna um i'll link it in our stories and then put it in our highlights for season 38 um so just you know keep an eye out for that but I haven't listened to this a hundred times, don't worry. (laughs) She Only 
Oh my gosh, so cute. I love it. Anyway, there's a couple verses about like different, you know, parts of the of the different challengers and different things that happen with them. And, you know, it's just super cool. I love this dude. He is like one of my favorite challenge fans like of all time. I freaking I love him. And he's so nice. He's so nice oh, totally. and sweet. I love him. Ugh. So, yeah, make sure you guys go check that out. Uh, like I said, we'll have his um, SoundCloud link below. We'll do that every week. I'm sure we'll keep playing these songs as long as he keeps sending them to us and giving us permission. So shouts out to Tommy for that. <sighs> All right. Well. Super hyped. Are you hyped? I'm, I'm so really, really excited. I, I'm like, I'm sitting here waiting for you to start the episode because like I have so much I want to say, but I like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I feel like I have to be like, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready now? You ready, ready to go? Ready, set, red light. <laughs> Ooh. I was, I was about to. Intro. Intro. <laughs> Tony's like, shut the fuck up. Let's go, guys. Go, you idiots. <laughs> All right. Let's get the show on the road. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us uh, at the Challenge Fandom Podcast. This is another episode of the Challenge Trash Talk Roundtable, where we're going to sit here and break down the Challenge Season 38, Ride or Dies, Episode 2, Friend or Foe, Fa, Fa, Fo, Fo. No, it's Friends or Foe. Fu to Fa, Fa. Uh, <laughs> we'll be reading Dr. Seuss at the end. Don't worry, guys. Um, we're happy you guys are joining us. Uh, we've got a very, very exciting uh, breakdown of episode two, like I said, of Challenge 38, as well as Survivor season 43, episode five. Boom. I'm a little off on keeping track of all the fucking episodes, <laughs> but we're ready. Let's go. Yeah. Guys, the intro to this season, um, obviously, friends, uh, relationships all that and then based off the last elimination we get the people that were walking in and of course it's bananas and nani banani banani and what can we really say about bananas and nani other than we've seen them a million times i don't know (laughs) if they're exactly ride or dies but they're good enough friends that i'll take it it's uh, i'll call it i'll call it square you know what yeah at first i was i was not very accepting of this certain things in this specific episode made me feel a little bit different about how much they might actually like truly care about each other in a obviously friendship type of way. I still don't know if I'm ready to like fully like commit to saying that they're true, like ride or dies, but I do think they are a lot closer than I originally gave them credit for. So I just wanted to call myself out on that. I think Nani will ride or die if it means she gets a W with Johnny. <laughs> like, I'm going to be honest. Like, Facts. if it means you get to that finish line who first. Wouldn't? Who wouldn't, then, though? I mean, yeah. like, and that's the thing. Can you really blame her? Like, who wouldn't do that? Well, and like, 
they are more ride or die than most of the teams. So like based on the definition for MTV of ride or die, which seems to be you are aware that the other person exists somewhere in the world. I would say that bananas and Nani are pretty high up there (laughs) as far as actually meriting the ride or die title. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. So I wanted to say something real quick. Um, We like to joke around, have a good time. And sometimes we don't refer to people accurately. I believe uh, a a key example would be during Challenge Challenge USA with. uh, Oh, wow. uh, Oh, hello there. That's because she got on the other side of the microphone away from the pop filter and then just meowed at it. <laughs> she heard about Challenge USA and she's like, let's go. She's like, wait, Leo? Are we talking about thought, Leo, right? She thought it was either Leo or Enzo. Meow, right? meow? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I don't even know where I was going with that, but uh, thank you. Not calling people by their actual... Yeah. yeah a, a key example would be Kira, Kyra. Yeah. Oh. But also, and that's why I was saying Challenge USA, but also, for instance, Amber. Her first season, she was on with another girl named Amber, and they referred to him as Amber M and Amber B, which naturally turned into Bamber. And some people don't want that to happen, but it's happening. It's happening. Sorry. Who doesn't want that to happen? It's been said a couple times, but you know what? uh, Yeah, it's going to happen, because guess what? We've got a microphone, and people listen, (laughs) so... Anybody who knows me knows that I will take any opportunity to combine two words. Yeah. So, Bamber done well it's yeah. just she's she's bamber like yeah. just think about it like look at her she's bamber Plus like she's a badass yes like she just bingo. It suits her bingo and, we like nicknames around here if you didn't know and and okay. i've come up with <laughs> yeah, like rick yeah exactly bingo rick <laughs> by the way i should probably do intros i'm rick also known as ricky hayes i've got my beautiful wife karina hayes with me and then of course we've got tony stats motherfucking info and lance did you just do the thing to your no i just i was mariah carey oh. and holding the fist i almost did the celine dion but i didn't want to i thought you did that thing where you like oh like no, that's on your too throat much. to like make it sound different maybe later i was like <laughs> terrible anyway. i know anyways um i've got another nickname and that nickname is for the rookies from germany and that was kim and colleen and they are now the targaryens Yes. That's fair. It's been so, factual. It, it is known. Yes. Targaryens. It is known. Yeah. So just like Cisco. Yeah. Like even in my notes for our fantasy, which we finally broke down all the confessionals and yes. one of that for you guys at the end of the recap. Yes. Apologies on that. I know we told mm-hmm. you guys we would have it out last week, but we kind of <laughs> we've just we've always relied on challenge. We're lazy. Stats. <laughs> we're lazy. And we relied yeah. on somebody else. And it's not they their just, fault. No, but they're not. It doesn't seem like they're doing it this season, or at least they haven't done it up to this point. So we decided in the last couple of days to just go through and count all the confessionals from both episodes up. And we finally have updates on on a uh, fantasy. So I'm, we will get to that later. I- Tony will correct me if I'm wrong, but I might use the wrong word, but it's a very arduous task to go (laughs) through and collect every single confession and then to decide what's a confessional and what's not a confessional. Yeah. Like, okay, so it was back to back Nani confessionals, but one was about Casey. The other one was about her mom. Is that one confessional or two confessionals? I, it's too much challenge stats. <laughs> you guys are the fucking people. I don't know if you're a guy or girl, but you are just the people the shit. and I'm not going to assume anything else about you guys, but 
thank you for the work you do because it is truly, truly the Lord's work. And I just mean that <laughs> in just the strictliest humorous of settings. Yes. But with that being said, I'm rambling. Let's yes. go. Let's get in. Um, speaking of other Germans outside of Kim and Colleen, we have the other group, which is Emmy and Nam. Mm-hmm. And normally we would wait till later in the show to get into this, but I feel like this is something should be yes. addressed before we really dive into more important things that actually pertain to the rest of the season. Yes. So with this, if you guys don't know, uh, they announced it right before the daily that Emmy and Nam. No, won- Emmy quit. Well, okay, yes. I was just going to say, <laughs> Emmy and Nam will not be continuing on in the season because yeah. Emmy quit. Okay, I, sorry. I thought you were going to say Emmy and Nam quit. But like, it's nah, not nah, like nah. Emmy quit and Nam gets to keep going. No. He lost his opportunity, so he got fucked again. Again. This is, look, I don't, like, injury, yes, but shit happens. And, and I, like, I don't count that against him, but it's also not the worst thing that's ever happened. You had a back injury. Injury. Be, because you got body slammed by ct in the mud yeah covid and then some kind of illness some kind of illness allegedly and then as well as now this partner your partner quits on you your quote ride or die those two met at the fucking airport yeah they did they didn't know each other (laughs) no so anyway obviously from this there was a lot of blowback from the fans towards emmy and there was also a live video done by Narice and Olivia on Instagram. I want to say, was it Thursday or it was Wednesday night? Wednesday night. Wednesday they, night after the episode had aired. Well, they do it after the episode airs on the East Coast, the East which Coast, screws yeah. us because all of a sudden, like right in the middle of the episode, I go, like everybody from the show is going live right now. I'm like, oh, I can't fuck. even watch it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but. Yeah. So anyway, during this live, uh, obviously, they were answering questions about the episode and they were asked, you know, what the story behind Emmy quitting was. And if you haven't seen the clip, um, we will link everything down below. But pretty much they said that um, there wasn't much to it, but that TJ was like, they said he was like kind of rude or whatever, which we expect from TJ when there's quitters. Apparently, when everybody lined up, even though they weren't shown on cam- camera, Nam and Emmy were standing there with everybody. I figured they had to be just because yeah. of the way that TJ phrased it, like when he was telling them basically to go. Yeah, it was very like it was very stilted unless they were there and were just sort of getting like a D edit where they just weren't being shown. Yeah, yeah. they cut her out. But anyway, so he I guess <laughs> He started off by telling the whole cast that we have German royalty here. And I guess the whole cast just started like clapping and they were getting like all excited. Like they legit thought that like TJ was telling them that like Emmy was some kind of like royalty in Germany or something. Or there was just (laughs) someone someone coming like something. And he says, because apparently Emmy thinks that she's too good for us here at the challenge and she wants to quit. But I guess he did not call her Emmy. He kept calling her Emily. And obviously this frustrated her. And I guess she tried to correct TJ. And she was like, my name is Emmy. And he like cut her off and said, I don't care what your name is. I just leave. Just go. Obviously, we didn't see that cut of TJ. They gave us something much softer. So that was interesting to learn about. But there was also a few statements put out by Corey Lay, Josh Martinez, and Jack Maddox, where they were talking about how Emmy was incredibly rude to production, to the rest of the cast. Just it wasn't really fun to be around in any way, shape or form. And 
she responded by doing a video on Instagram and pretty much called everybody out was, you know, purposely miss saying TJ's name and, you know, just talking shit about everybody talking about how everybody's fake and poor her and her issue with it was that apparently when she was approached to come on the show, they like made a big deal about her because she's been on like 20 different reality shows between Germany and Spain and blah, blah, blah. And I guess they had told her, she says that they had called her the German reality queen or whatever. And so she was, I don't know, expecting like some like lavish red carpet rollout. I don't fucking know, but like, (laughs) like, okay, cool. Yeah. The, the fucking entitlement is reeking. She's so upset and ended up like quitting because of the quote disrespect for making her an alternate because she wasn't on the main cast right into the fucking house. I would have rather seen Josh. Are you fucking kidding me right now? I would now? have rather seen Corey Lay. Like dude, I and look, I get it. Like you're a big name in Germany or whatever, but here on this US show <laughs> that has been on for 20 plus years that has this massive fan base, like we don't know you. And they're not just going to, you know, like, and they, they brought you in. They literally brought you in before the first challenge. Like, I just, I don't get it. It's weird because on the episode, and we'll talk about it later again, too, they, they portrayed it a little bit different. Like, she just couldn't take the challenge. And so, I don't know. I mean, there's always three sides to a story, but you don't go after TJ, man. You don't, you don't disrespect the man. And that's all I really got to say about that. TJ's a fucking angel, and people need to keep their liver-spotted hands off of him. Okay. <laughs> and if you think that's rude, you need to go watch Step Brothers because it's a quote. So lighten up. <laughs> but look, to me, TJ can do no wrong. And TJ has every right to call out a quitter because of his life experience and what he's done. And if yeah. and I understand Emmy doesn't know that, and he probably was rude to her, and he probably was harsh. And maybe he did go over and above a uh, over and above about it, but from the different things that I've seen online from cast that was there, is that she was incredibly rude. She did not want to socialize with any of the cast, even as much as she wants to make it sound like Nam didn't want to socialize. Well, if you don't fucking know each other and you're kind of entitled and you put off that that. I'm better than everyone. Yep. People will probably not want to socialize with you very much. Well, and that was the thing that like kind of bugged me because one of her main complaints was about how Nam already had his friends because he's been on the show before and was constantly leaving her alone. And it's like, oh, you mean like Johnny was doing to Raven this whole time and somehow Raven found a way to survive and make friends with other people? You mean like that? Like wow, I've seen Fessy spend more time with Colleen than he has than Colleen has spent with Kim. Yes, okay, or than Fessy's spent with Mariah. I think I've seen Fessy and Mariah together in confessionals. That's it. Who is Mariah? I haven't even seen her on the show yet. (laughs) Well, here's my thing about like the whole Emmy situation. Like she shows up before the first challenge. They have the confessional with Nam, Mm -hmm. and then they do the challenge. They don't really like place bottom or top or anything else you don't really see them and then you don't really see them in the house for the rest of that episode you see them at the elimination and you see that i think you might see nam's reaction when bananas comes back in and then this episode 
totally cut out again. Like you see, um, you see like a flashback shot. So for me, and like, I I understand she quit and I understand that like that sucks because it took away somebody else's spot and, and all of that. But I really, I don't, I guess like, I don't care (laughs) (laughs) is that the easiest way to say it. Cause in all honesty is she is a placeholder for Casey because Casey and her brother had to leave. Yeah. And then they brought in Nam and Emmy and Horatio and uh, Olivia. Olivia. And I will will pronounce Horatio's name wrong the entire season until I hear him say his own name and I know how to pronounce it properly. Exactly. Yes. But then they leave again. So Emmy quits. Nam has to leave. Casey and Kenny come back. So literally the only the only exposure that we have to her in this game is a placeholder for Kenny and Casey to leave, recover, come back. Right. They don't they competed in one daily where they were in the middle of everything and they weren't up for elimination. They stood at the elimination mm-hmm. and then they left again. So if you look at the season as a whole, I feel that by the time we get to the end of the season, it will be as if Casey and Kenny never left and that Nam and Emmy weren't there. I agree. Like they were inconsequential. They didn't make any difference to the show one way or the other, really. But I just feel bad for Nam again. You know, I feel terrible for Nam. Yeah, it just sucks. I love I love Nam. I when I first heard that he was coming onto the show. Because yeah. I had seen him on Ultimate Beastmaster, I was pumped. And then when he got paired with Lolo, I felt bad. And then when he got <laughs> basically medically DQ'd, I felt even worse. And then when it happened again, and then this. So, like, he is not having a good run. But, I mean, this is Jay's first, third season. And he basically got thrown into elimination every single time on Total Madness. And then he went out super early in double agents. Yeah. So he sort of has like a similar trajectory to Jay, which is funny because they're friends. So <laughs> hopefully the next time we see Nam, it will be an individual season. There will be nobody tethered to him and then he can just play the game. Right. Yeah. So I just want to make sure I'm understanding this correctly. I, I was under the impression that she had quit before they had even got to the location of the daily. I think she did. She was talking to production when they got there. Yeah. Narice, I believe it was Narice had a confessional that said that she had been talking to or or no, she said it in her life. It was during her life. Yeah. She said that, uh, M, uh, M, Emily, uh, Emmy, Emmy. (laughs) I've been talking shit so much today. I don't even know her name anymore. Anyway, she had said that Emmy had been talking to production all morning and she just thought like it was just another twist or something. And so she didn't really think anything of it, but I think just for. So I guess what I'm trying to clarify is if she was talking to production all morning and she was trying to quit, why was she brought on location to the day? So TJ could talk shit. Well, I mean, okay, that's fair. I'm not mad about that. It, it, they might have wanted to use the shot. I don't know. For all we know, she might have got feisty back and they just decided not to air that part. Or maybe TJ came off harsher than they thought he would. And maybe they thought he'd throw his she, line at him and he didn't or something. Or you know, was she lollygagging about quitting until they got on location and then quit? She saw what it was. And <gasps> then quit. Or it could have been that production basically said, like, if you're going to quit, 
you have to do it when we get to location. Yeah. Because there's there's not like at this point in the game, they're probably going to want you to if you're going to quit to quit in a way that they can actually use for yeah. the show if they so choose. Exactly. Yeah. Because like just saying they quit, then it doesn't really hold the same weight as like, yes, they didn't show them at all. But by the same token, you could tell that they were there by the way that TJ was talking. And it's different for like Casey and Kenny because they were like medically removed. So that's different. Like they can't be there to then go away. Right. No. And I I agree with that. And, you know, even aside from, like you said, having that moment to show they really did quit and, you know, whatever, maybe not so much even just for the viewers, but the cast knows. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so... No, anyway, sense. let's get into this breakdown. Um, we just literally talked about the whole end of the daily. So let's get into the start of. Well, the show. It, we didn't give anything away. And if you haven't watched the episode and you're listening to us, what the fuck are you doing? Dude, no, go I watch the episode about it like that. But I'm just, just saying like, I'm recap. making a joke to get into it. I know okay. you don't care, <laughs> but thank you for ruining it. Just say I love you, but fuck. Speaking of jokes, nobody should make them towards turbo because We've already got Laurel, oh, who's God. kind of on his shit list. We've got Devin, who's definitely on his shit list. Yeah. And then what does Bananas do as soon as right he gets away. in? As right soon away. as he gets in. As soon as he gets in the fucking house. But oh Turbo's, you haven't killed anyone yet? <laughs> yeah. Real quick, I wanted to talk about something about this, is when Bananas and Nani first show up, the song that they played, I Need a Hero. They changed the song from what the entrance song was from the end of last episode to the beginning of this. I just thought that was interesting. That, that is. They, they but gave him a whole new song. I also don't think we get the same music, by the way. No, you guys did don't. Did you not get Ace of Base? They, they don't get the same La- music. In okay. episode one? They get like no. cra- crazy weird, just like standard. We, dude, we got you. So it's good music. We got you, dude. Yeah, the ones on the drive have the music that we get here. Or on the- All right, cool. Yeah, so it was that song. I need a hero. Psh. <laughs> I'm moving on to the end. There you go. If you guys didn't know, now you know it. Um, but it's just fire. And then. Oh, I'm sorry. We're no, done. you're good. Okay. I was just letting you have your moment. No, we're good. I'm um, good. I like that song. <laughs> once again, the challenge gets into foreshadowing what's going to happen earlier with oh, this Michelle fucking confessional when Nani and Banana show up, where it's uh, she talks about how much she's friends with Nani outside of the game. And it's like, well, that equates to exactly a velvet painting. Yeah. yeah. It equates to a velvet painting of a whale and a dolphin getting it on. Really, though, like, I hope this friendship carries over into the game. No, you're fighting for a million, your share of a million dollars. And also, thank you, MTV, for letting us know exactly what's going to happen within the first five minutes. Yeah, foreshadowing. My God. With the J confessional as well of like, you've already won seven times. Go away. Nobody wants you here. Which, (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. No, 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 no. Go. Nope. I will. It's in my notes for later. Okay, but yeah, exactly. Going back to what you said just a minute ago about bananas right away. Like, and here's my theme with Turbo is banana says the same exact fucking joke to Turbo as Devin did last week. It wasn't last yeah. week. It was literally fucking 15 well, minutes last week. For us, it was last week. I know, but I'm saying, but in actuality, these jokes were made 15 to 20, 30 minutes. You know what? Apart. What, what Turbo's response was? Nothing like it was to Devin. Not nothing. F- he giggled. Nothing. Yeah. And he- hugged hugged bananas. It's just it's ridiculous. That's because bananas is number one idiot, man. 
That is true. It's still not level two pussy chicken, I'm which just... kudos, sir. No. <laughs> no, no, no. Kudos. You get that shout out. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Fessy is also on Turbo shit list. Is he? Is he really? Yeah. Apparently at the airport, Fessy saw Turbo and just said, like, and this is a situation where it's weird for me, but 100% like I'm on Fessy's side on this one. I agree, probably without even hearing the story. He saw Turbo at the airport and he goes, oh, this motherfucker's here. And then <laughs> Turbo immediately took it the wrong way and then hated Fessy for the remainder of the time on the show. Shocker. Oh Turbo, my God. Turbo took something the wrong way? No. Look, Never. I'm going to. I'm just going to say, if you're ever were to referred to as this motherfucker or motherfucker or anything like that without additional expletives with adjectives in between them, it's not usually an insult. It's just a referring of. Yep. I've That's too much. I've literally changed yours and Josh's middle name to motherfucking. <laughs> it's not That's an accurate. insult. Sometimes it's a fucking like <sighs> battle cry. Yeah. You know, but oh, I did take a screenshot of Devin's bio, though. Oh, yeah, dude. As soon as I saw that, yeah, that was fire. Yeah, so we're, we're taking credit for that 100%. What do you mean, Tony. were? It was Tony's credit. I know, but it was still. It was Challenge still Fandom via, Podcast. Via I get podcast. it. Yeah, we yeah. a team. Yeah. We're a team. No. <laughs> but it was Tony's idea. He uh, he tweeted out to Devin um, something. I'll let you tell the story. You know it more accurately than I do. Uh, it was basically like uh, I went to check Devin's bio because, of course, like day one draft pick. Would, mm -hmm. Yeah, I assumed yeah. would already have level two pussy chicken in his bio by the end of that episode. And he didn't. So I just tweeted him and said, like, I'm surprised it's not there. And he wrote back. Good point. And then I looked again and then he had added it down at the bottom. <laughs> Fucking it's <glorious>. still there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It probably isn't leaving for a while. That's It'll the thing about bios. Nobody season. remembers. them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, how did he intro himself when he took over the chat, the challenge uh, Instagram account? Level oh, two yep, pussy level chicken. Two yeah, he said yep. it was, he was the level two pussy chicken. Yep. Look, I mean, amazing. He is becoming more and more infamous. He was, you know, the first round draft pick, the day one final champ, level two pussy chicken. I mean, I'm excited to see what else comes He's out. He's got this a great season. resume. Yeah, yeah, he does. <laughs> He's had chlamydia several times. I don't know if he said seven or he several. Said several. He said several. So, okay. I turned I on captions. On. Okay. Yes. Anyways, exactly. we'll get to that here in a minute. But uh, I know that's riveting Devin with a fucking uh, a VD. <laughs> there you go. Speaking of Devin, Bananas finds out that he's bunking with Devin because that's the bed that's open. So Bananas and, and it's so cute, though, like Bananas goes in and he like pushes his bed like all the way up against Devin's and they're like actually like genuinely happy to see each other. And I'm like, all right, you know what? I, I can I could watch them work together. Like, I, I'm kind of here for that. It's bananas it's because there's more vets in the house now. Yeah, yeah. You know, but like, I'm just I don't know, like. I like when there's like good rivalries in the house and stuff, but sometimes I like to see, you know, them flipped and see how they work on the, on oh, the opposite totally. side. After this, we get um, Nani sitting down with Tori and Laurel getting kind of like the 411 of what's gone on in the first week day of the challenge. I don't know challenge time because it, it nobody matter. knows. Yeah, they go backwards, forwards. It's it doesn't flow like a river. But with that being said, they're talking and Tori and Laurel let her know that Casey got uh, sent home because of, you know, or they had COVID, I believe, they her and her brother. Yeah. But they we they, they had COVID. Um, they had a quarantine again. But then they got medically cleared and got to come back, which we've already said later in this episode. Um, but another big portion of it is the conversation that he she has about her mother passing away. 
Yeah, I I honestly I want to give credit to MTV and you know Buna and Murray and all the producers and, and editors and just all of that because I think this was really sweet of them to give this kind of tribute moment for Nani and her mom and you know showing the pictures and playing the song and I just thought it was a really sweet thing for them to do you know so I I just kind of wanted to shout them out and give them credit for that um, but yeah that was that was sad it was. It's nice to see Nani, but it makes me wonder if she's truly ready to be back at the game. I know she said she wants to to play because she knows her mom would want her to. But like, that's just such a hard thing, especially when you're close with your parent as somebody who's lost like a parent I was really close with. It's it's hard for a long, long time after that. And, you know, so I'm curious to see how this is going to potentially affect her gameplay, whether it is in a positive way or a negative way, you know, we'll see. Obviously, this episode, it seemed to work in a positive way for her. So I'm excited. I'm excited to see, you know, how she does this season. Yeah, and I like it's it's going to be different for everyone, too. Right. And like, I think that as much as we can have the conversation about like, is it is it the right time for for Nani to come out and and do another season like this close? The flip side of it is she's very close to bananas. Mm-hmm. And their partners. If she wasn't here, she still wouldn't have her support structure because yeah. Casey's here. So, like this, it's almost like the challenge. Even though there is obviously added stress and everything else, the challenge house might actually be the best place for her right now because she has that support. If, That's a yeah, good point. especially with Laurel, who she's competed with on a hot, yeah. high well, level. They're, they're good friends, and, and then bananas look like they've had their ups and downs, but. I think they genuinely enjoy each other and respect each other. So it's probably another good thing. And there's certain things that I'll bring up later, but you see bananas has shifted a bit in the way he treats his partner. And maybe it's just the way he yeah. treats Nani. He's just grown. It's probably, it's probably because he hung out with Tyson and they recorded each other's podcasts. <laughs> he learned how to treat partners. Always a way to tie it into survivor, <laughs> which ladies and gents, if you watch that, we'll be recapping that after this. But anyways, back to the regularly scheduled broadcast. Yeah. Um, after that, we get turbo confronting he bananas. Finally confronts bananas. God knows how many hours after this happened. <laughs> like, my God. I was like, this is awkward. You had the moment to talk your shit and say what you had to say. But yeah. no, you you waited. Well, that's because he had to type in what Banana said in like Google Translate to English. <laughs> so he knew exactly what it was and then find the definition for each. Well, and I love so. the way he says he's like, I don't like this joke style. I am not killer. <laughs> I will beat you out there, Bananas. I love well, he like he he's uh, done like he's done action movies and stuff now. Right. Like, yeah. 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 I think it's gone to his head a bit. A little bit. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I think that and how many, like, how often does Turbo's name come up in the conversations about, like, people a who lot. need to come back or anything like that? So, I mean, Best in addition wins. to the fact that he does already have, like, that that bravado, then you've also got all of basically the reaffirmation or whatever you want to call it from the fans, like, leading up to him coming back. Of we want Turbo back and like Turbo is one of the best competitors ever and everything else. So, I mean, if that's the only thing that you're hearing from everyone. Yeah. Then, I mean, it's it's going to go to your head eventually. Yeah. And I'm I I like early Turbo. I'm not really a fan of Turbo this season. Uh, but I, again, I don't think anybody is. So I think that 
it will be interesting if we do ever see Turbo back. Yeah. If he will actually have listened and received the feedback from fans to how he was perceived or how he actually was. Right. And maybe go kind of go back to kind of Turbo 1.0 or whether it's a matter of he just anybody who doesn't see eye to eye with him is wrong, which is the way that some competitors are. So I just want to make this comparison real quick. I think Turbo and Zach are very similar competitors as far as in the in the way they've uh, performed and the way they're looked at. Like, because in the beginning, Zach was looked at as he was going to be that next big thing. He won his first season and yeah. then there, but the hype was there. Mm-hmm. And then it was early exits, right? Yeah. And then Turbo won it. A lot of mystery behind him, a lot of hype behind him because it was, quote unquote, this really tough final. The hardest final. challenge final yeah. ever. And, and Wes says it is, and I'll take Wes's word that it was it the was toughest. It was a very, 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 and, very, very tough final. Yeah. But with that being said, hasn't done anything since. He also got to skip two parts of that final. Yeah. So, look. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. I just, I think Turbo is a lot of sizzle and there's not a lot of stake there thus far we yeah. got a little bit in yeah. the beginning but that was it you know what i mean and and we need more for a, a more well-rounded perspective on him as a competitor but at him as a person this season he seemed like a total fucking prick yeah and and i mean yeah. that as an insult in case he's listening to this i doubt he is <laughs> but i didn't mean that as if you came off as a fucking asshole dude yeah and all went through all due respect I know it's in the Geneva Convention, and after I say all due respect, I can say anything I want. But <laughs> with all due respect, man, learn how to deal with people, like Tony said, and go back to who you were on War of the Worlds 1, yes. where you were just genuinely cool with people and didn't take every little fucking thing that was said as an insult. Because it's not. Yeah. It's never that deep, bro. Never. Facts. 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 Anyways, facts, facts. I, I have a whole conniption on this whole situation, but I'm going to leave that be. After this, we get Horatio. Oh, yeah. So this moment, this is actually crazy because I did not catch this the first time around. And it's it doesn't matter to the episode, but it was just something cool I heard. But I caught it my second time through because I had closed captions on and they're all out at the gym. And Horatio talks about before he signed, before he came on the show, like before he said yes, he was actually supposed to be biking across country. And I just thought that was like. Again, just another testament to what a threat this guy, I think this guy is going to end up being. Oh, dude's a powerhouse. Yeah. And it, it it brought me back. Like, I know everybody keeps making the comparison to like Jordan because of like the, you know, doing marathons and stuff for fun or whatever. But he's starting like his his training style, at least, is starting to remind me of Ashley Kane. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's a fair comparison. Totally different build. Yes. But and I think that her I think that Horatio will probably perform a little bit better because I feel like Ashley Kane was was so big and heavy when he came on that, you know, like it's it kind of brought down his endurance and stuff. And he's he's actually brought down a lot of his muscle weight since then. If you follow him on Instagram, you can see. But like the type of like biking and stuff that he's doing now that he does for like the the charities for like his daughter and other children and stuff. He like, it just, it brought me back to that moment. And I was like, dude, this guy's going to be a fucking problem. Like for real, for real. Yeah. So I, I like the guy so far from what I've seen. And Olivia's growing on me pretty quick and I'm, I'm excited her. to watch them. And that's not just me saying it. Cause they're on my fantasy team. <laughs> like they're actually like, 
Olivia's Olivia's giving good reality TV content. She's like kind of like the life She's of the party. Shannon vibes. Thank you. I yes. was going to say she reminds me of Shannon. Like not you know I know that you know whatever vibe wise but, vibe wise but yeah just like she's got that same kind of vibe and I loved it like I loved Shannon right out the gate and then it's like episode one with Livia I was like all right and then this episode especially I was like dude yes I love this chick so in the theme with Horatio or Horatio or just pick one yeah I'm sorry everybody on the show says it different I know I listened again today I was like well whatever yeah yeah but you look at the guy. And look, I am, you know, obviously a heterosexual male. I have a wife that I love very much, <laughs> but you're fucking blind if you don't think this guy is like an attractive looking guy. Yeah, he is he's a, a good looking fucking guy. He's a good looking guy. And you would think someone like that would have a lot more, how do I want to put this, uh, hubris about themselves. Hubris? Yeah. Yes. Hubris. Know. And he is very modest and very quiet. And I think he is really more of an introvert than Fessy is. Yes. You know, like he a true version. Introvert. We'll have to wait to see his handwriting. Yeah, that's going to be the real <laughs> test. Have Sarah check it out. I think the next part was a really big part of oh, this episode. Huge. And um, the first portion doesn't really break the rules of reality TV, but the second part does. And it, it's a good conversation that needed to be had. And I'm happy that it did happen. Yeah. Um, I'll just give the quick intro and I'm going to let Karina explain this because she can do it a lot better than I can. And it'll sound a lot better than if I butcher it. Basically, we get Tori and Devin sitting in like a living room area. Tori's got some very lovely eye patches. I don't know if she's trying to get rid of circles or if she's getting ready to play football a little bit later. Um, but either way, she was ready. Um, it's just skincare. No, I goodness. know. I know. It was, <laughs> you know. But she's sitting there talking to Devin and they're talking about Jordan and how there wasn't much closure there. And, you know, and I'm thinking, oh, OK, we're getting a story about how she's found closure. And it really led into a totally different subject, which I want you to discuss. Yeah. So uh, Tori opens up on the show, which she's talked about this a little bit on her Instagram, but I think that she obviously brought it up after they filmed 38 and she was kind of talking about it on Instagram. But anyway, she brings up on the show that, you know, she's been kind of struggling for the last like year, year and a half mentally. And she's had a lot of anxiety and depression and, you know, hasn't really felt like herself. And she started getting emotional and crying, which, you know, was made me emotional and made me tear up and cry because like you can't do that to me Tori but she starts talking about how she finally got help and she's on medication now and she feels a lot better she's doing a lot better and it was just a really vulnerable moment that you don't really see on reality TV and I you know whether you like Tori or you don't this moment was massive it was massive. And I don't think that people quite understand how important this was. Like, these are the things that we, that they need to be talking about. You know what I mean? Like, we need to have these discussions and we need to be seeing our favorite people having this, these discussions and being honest about themselves, you know? And I just, I loved this moment. I loved seeing that Tori's starting to feel like herself again and that, you know, she finally got herself help. That is huge, absolutely huge. And then, like I was saying, you know, if you follow her on Instagram, you know that, you know, she recently took a trip and it kind of a self-healing trip. And it was absolutely magical for her. And I've talked to her quite a bit since she got back from that trip. And it's just, it's really nice to see 
her kind of taking back control of her own mental health and her own light, you know, and not letting all the negativity and all the, you know, bad things that have happened over the last, you know, year and a half, two years for her kind of take over her life. And it's just, it was a beautiful moment. I loved it. Yeah. And I want to say first and foremost, that kudos to Tori, because it takes immense personal courage in order to sit there and have an honest conversation with not only your friend, but then the camera crew and all of the people that are watching back here at home and in countries abroad, like Canada, like our, our co-host Tony Lance and everywhere else to let them know that, look, I wasn't right. I got help from a professional to get prescribed an antidepressant. That's not right for everybody, but it is always worth the conversation with your doctor to make sure that you're on the right track and you're, you can get help. It is out there. Yes. And, you know, so kudos to Tori for having this conversation. And if you were someone that is suffering from depression, anxiety, anything like that, go seek help. I will have some sources linked below. I will also have some sources linked below to the location that Tori went to and kind of what she was doing there. It's very similar to what we talked about with MJ when he went to Peru um, and he did ayahuasca. So we'll link all of Tori's information down below. She is starting to share certain portions of that. And she says she does intend to share her journey with us as she's ready to, Uh, you know, she kind of wanted to hold it in and, and enjoy it and soak it all up at first. So she's starting to slowly uh, share, you know, stories and parts from her uh her journey down there so like karina was saying check out the links below if you're looking for help we'll be right back with you guys Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for sticking through that ad and getting back with us. So where we left off was the end of the house conversation part, and they moved to the daily. I'm going to do a quick explanation, then we're going to dive in. So the daily is called Balancing Act. And basically what you have to do is you have to swim off this little dock to a rope ladder, not a rope ladder, just a hanging ladder, climb up onto these shipping containers. Each partner has to go to their own shipping container, climb up, go to the shipping container, jump off onto this balancing beam that's, I don't know, probably about 20 feet long by about six to eight feet wide. Well, they got a rope swing to it. Rope swing to it, drop, grab onto the rope (laughs) that's on the balancing thing, climb up it, and then balance the thing so it's perfectly centered for a certain amount of time, and then they blow the horn. The person with the best time wins. We already talked about this and went in depth, so Emmy quits, which Nam is out. So next is... Let's jump into it. The first people that go are rookies, Horatio and Olivia. They're stuck in a, in a tough part, which is being the first person to go the on kind of a scene. janky daily. Yeah, and that's always tough because, like, you don't have anybody to kind of base it off of, of how you should do it. But these two freaking go out and they absolutely murder this challenge. Like, <laughs> the way Horatio jumped from the shipping t- container and like flew through the air and then grabbed the rope swing and just like perfectly swung over, dropped down, grabbed that rope. Like it was just like flawless and so smooth. Like he does this every day at home. And I was just like, dude, this guy is so badass. And TJ was even saying it. He was like, this guy is here to play. 
And I was just like, oh, my God. And then Olivia does good, too. Like, she kicked ass and she's afraid of heights. I was like, dude, get it. Um, they, so, yeah, like my only note, my only you pointed to me and then started talking. I, I just stopped because I thought you had something to say. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I was sitting here waiting. I was like, uh, uh, um, uh, okay, anyway, no, sorry, yeah, go you're, ahead. you're good. <laughs> I was just gonna say, like, not only that, but if you look at how, like, as soon as he hit the water, he was already halfway over to the ladder. Like, yeah, he was so Wait. fast swimming. Yeah, like, he they absolutely murdered it. Yeah, I and, was super, super impressed. And he made that rope swing look like he was on Ninja Warrior. Like, it was not, like, an awkward, like, it was all one fluid motion of running on the shipping container, jumping to the rope, jumping from the rope to the fucking platform, grabbing onto it, and then climb up. It was just one fluid motion. There was no wasted motion at all. It was super fucking impressive. He he said something, and I should have fucking written it down, but he said something about some, like, Exalt place or something. I don't know. Basically, he said it's, Ex- it's I believe it's called Exelon. Exelon. Yeah, something like that. And he said basically it's just like obstacle courses like this. And like this is his playground. He does this stuff all the time. And I'm like, it sure as fuck looks like it. <laughs> I want to say it was like it's either I want to say it was either the show that he did previously or it was. Yeah. A, yeah. So it, it's sort of like all obstacles and stuff like that. Uh, very similar to Ninja Warrior. Yeah, or, exactly. um, like it's probably like a mix of Ninja Warrior and Ultimate Beastmaster, likely. That yeah. would make sense. I yeah. mean, he's got that build for it. He's athletic. He's yeah. muscular. Looks like he could do parkour if he want to parkour. Well, and TJ goes, Horatio is it, man. That dude is badass. And like all I was seeing is I was like, well, you can tell who TJ wants to see in his final. Like he is super impressed with these two. TJ needs to stop blowing up his spot, though. yeah like just keep giving those dudes confessionals though that's all i care about um (laughs) no but they they both get it done olivia makes it um yeah they get done pretty quick and they're quick about it yeah Yeah. super quick and then um next up is turbo and tamara and you know turbo watching horatio just fucking murder this feels like he's really got to add that extra level of flair And so he does a fucking front flip into the water and just wastes time because it'd be more pertinent to dive into the water with forward motion instead of trying to front flip in and then coordinate yourself to where the ladder is and start swimming. And because he did all that, Tamara fucking smoked him to the ladder. She smoked him to the ladder, up the ladder, and was up on top of the container before he was. And <laughs> then he tries to do what Horatio did, which was do, do like make it look like a ninja warrior, and he almost fucks up bad, and, he, <laughs> bad, and it looked like it hurt like a bitch when he landed on that platform. Well, my favorite part was once he did land on the platform and he got hold of the rope and he started like pulling himself up towards the top to like flip it down to the other side for Tamara or Tamara, whatever. Um, he says something like always the best and then immediately like slips and like falls on his face and then tj laughs (laughs) which editing likely but still Uh, well edited amazing it It was was great it was a good it was a good i liked it and i mean i would laugh at no matter who said 
always the best and then fell <laughs> and then because fell. that's how i am yeah, yeah it doesn't matter who it is we discussed this last week i like seeing people get hurt it's funny it's not like i get a joy out of it i just laugh you get a joy yeah it's um, it's gross i know but tamara ends up not making it obviously so she falls in the water and they are dq'd yo why do they on the next people why do they got to do nelly so dirty all the are time are they gonna ask him every challenge i think they are <laughs> i think they so are fucked up it's gonna be the key yeah. thing Every challenge. <laughs> we need a Nelly counter. Yep. <laughs> How many times does uh, Nelly get asked? Two. This is well, two, yeah. Two. And this makes fifty-three now. Because it was yeah. it was fifty-one. Fifty-two, fifty-three, yeah. Yeah. So this yeah, he's, Yeah, this is fifty-three daily consecutive dailies he's lost. Oh, since Ben dead. That's, that's yeah. But um anyway. <laughs> Nelly lets us know that, you know, he's been working on his swimming, he's ready. And and I believe it because you know what, Nelly's one of those guys that he really does want that win. And he so he puts totally. in that work in the off season. And I love the fact that he did a cannonball into the water. It was as effective <laughs> as Turbo's front flip, but still it was just cooler because it was Scuba Nelly doing the cannonball. But then he swam. Yes! Super good. He did without good. hesitation. Yeah, he was on it. Okay, so that wasn't just me. That was like, dang, no. look at Nelly go. Those no. surfing no- lessons with Jay have really been working in his there benefit. There you go. Get it. You know what I mean? That's Sarah, awesome. Sarah and I were very happy that yeah. he like jumped in and then just started going. Yeah, he, he went without thinking because he got up that ladder and on that container and tried to do the same thing that Turbo and fucking Horatio did. And then <laughs> he almost fucked up and fucking completely missed the rope. It was it was rough. Yeah, he did like quite a spin there to catch the rope, too. Yeah. One handed. Yeah. Sliding and down. Yeah. Busted a gut. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But he got it. He got it. And, you know, obviously, uh, unfortunately, Norris couldn't get onto the onto the balance beam. But. I was happy for Nelly. You know, he made it through. He got over there. He swam good. You go, Nelly. I appreciate that. Like, I, I appreciate that as a whole, as many men DQ'd as women. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just a matter of like the guys all jumped on and then the women all ran into it or the women all missed or anything like that. <laughs> it was like, yeah, just as many guys. And I still feel Jack's fall. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Oh, but I, I got to bring this up. Jack's fall was rough, but that was so rough. Did you catch what Bananas said to Kim Targaryen when he was doing his jump? Let's go, Fabio. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I fucking died. Dude. I fucking died. Oh, God. And this is why I really love when Bananas is on the show because we get glorious content like this. Oh, my God. You know oh, what I my mean? God. And then fucking Fessy, dude. Oh, poor, poor Fessy. <laughs> I want to remind you that I want to remind you that less than a month ago, he had a tweet that said he is better than 90% of all NFL players. Yeah. And called out Danny McRae, current Challenge USA champ. Can't swing on a rope, though. (laughs) You know who could? Danny. I had quite the belly laugh when that happened. And the exact exchange that took place with Sarah looked at me and she was like, aren't you supposed to be going into this season with an open mind about Fessy? And I was like, yeah, but like then about a week ago, he started taking cheap shots at Danny and Kiki. So all bets are off. 
Yeah. yeah it's yeah, over at yeah. that point. You fucked up. It's like, it's like Emily shooting a TJ. Could have no, literally talked shit about anyone else, and I would have been <laughs> yeah, okay exactly. with it. Yeah. Like, anyone else. But, like, Danny and Kiki is, like, talking shit about TJ. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are yeah. you doing? It's not allowed. Now, like, I'll st- I still, he still made me laugh when Jack fell, and the look on Fessy's face yeah. was priceless. You know which one? I, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I was going to say Fessy has been adding like decent commentary. I will give him that throughout. And by commentary, I mean facial expressions when shit happens. <laughs> True. Yeah. So and so he, he does have that going for him. Anyway, no, sorry. I just wanted to jump in because I realized like I didn't write this one down, but I thought it was kind of like, I don't know, like funny, but in like that, like, ooh, kind of way. Michelle, dude, she freaking yeah. falls and she hits her face again. What is it with her hitting Ooh. her face and busting her face up on these shows? Like it happened the last time she was on the challenge. She busted her freaking mouth open. She's channeling Katie. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, damn. Oh, my God. You and know I what? say that with love because you guys oh, both I love know Katie. how much I love Katie. I yeah. love Katie too. And I, I know you do, but like that was a rough Poor fall girl. because even TJ yeah. kind of went uh, and then started laughing. You know yeah. what I mean? Well, I mean, Jay's face said it all. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Dude, oh. Jay fucking, like, I, I dude, told. Dude, he's killing it on the confessional. Yeah, dude, I told you, I, like, after episode one, dude, I was like, dude, you had a fucking great episode. A really yeah. solid. He had another episode. good one. Yeah. 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 I haven't got a chance to talk to him about this one, but yeah. yeah. Look, you know we're not going to talk go through this without talking about Tori and Devin. Well, we can't. And uh, I love the confessional where they're like the floor that finished. Yeah, I know. And even if they didn't, we would take more time talking about this <laughs> yeah. than anyone else. Um, but I did like Tori's confessional where she's like, "We've got to win this. We can't. We can't let the rookies do this again with Horatio and Olivia. I'm not trying to go home." Yeah. And it's like, so you know, they're not fucking around. They're really going at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, they both jump off and fucking dude, everybody was impressed about how well Devin did swimming out there, getting up the ladder and then making the jump onto the board. He did it hella smooth, too. Like, he he did a really good job. Look, when I call him Steve Young, it's not just because he was a professional football player. But (laughs) if you saw Steve Young walking down the street, you would think he's just a normal dad. Yeah. Like nothing special. But you watch that motherfucker on the football field and he was a magician. It yeah. was insane. So, like, that's Devin to me. Yeah. But anyways. Yeah, no, but, like, it was it was super impressive. Devin did really good. And, like, Nelly even calls it out. And he has this confessional where he's, oh, like, he calls Devin <laughs> Daddy Devin. And then he goes, did I just call this guy Daddy? I was like, like Nelly T, like, look, here's my thing. I know some of you don't like Nelly. I know you guys How? don't. And every You're time. Wrong. We- Every yeah. time we talk about Nelson, I, I get at least at least three people in our inbox on Instagram like, I hate Nelson. I can't stand Nelson. Look, I get Good it. I you. get it. I'm sorry. We but know. he is so funny. He is so funny. And I love him. And I just, I don't know. I just, I love Nelly. And I want to root for him all the time. <laughs> yeah. Same. I, uh, Ditto. <laughs> so we are going to continue loving Nelly. I'm sorry. That's the conclusion <laughs> right there. Um, <laughs> fuck. Uh, so what was I going to say? Oh, so Tori and Devin both uh, finish. They do Kill really it. fucking well. Smoke it. Um, they get down and they're congratulating each other. And, you know, Tori, you know, once again, thanking Devin. And Devin goes, man, my fingers feel like they have chlamydia. <laughs> and then she goes, how do you know what that feels like? Because I've had it several times. <laughs> She's like, it's probably something you shouldn't tell people. (laughs) 
Oh my gosh, dude. Like, but what's really gets me about this part is how many people like out in the fan base are like, like taking this like legit seriousness. I'm like, I highly doubt if that was true that Devin would just like, come on, it's Devin. Like, of course he's just talking shit. Oh my God. Devin is from the same generation as as we are, and you just talk mad fucking shit, and most of it's all bullshit that really doesn't apply to you, but it's funny to say. Yeah, and especially exactly. when you're with a circle of friends, and some of that bleeds over, and that's what happens with Devin. Yeah. Like, if you guys heard the conversations I had with my buddy Josh, or have with my buddy Josh, not Josh, our co-host, but Karina knows, mm-hmm. like... I would be canceled in a hot second, <laughs> a hot second. I don't know about canceled because you don't like you guys don't talk about crazy shit, but y'all are just we wild. we had a joke one time about being at an airport. And if you have nothing to hide, then you shouldn't worry about a dog sniffing about you. And I was like, dude, I, I got nothing to hide. I'd put peanut butter in my butt. So the dog had a little treat like, oh, that's not drugs. That's peanut butter. That smells delicious. Look at Tony's face. That's why you don't talk about that shit out loud. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> this is just my face. I have resting indifference. That's true. Hive mind. Um, But yeah, to me, quote of the fucking day from Devin with the chlamydia. I thought it was fucking hilarious. So good. It was so good. That is not the quote of the day. It comes much later in the episode. I was going to say he hasn't. He has another one. He has another one way later that I like a lot too. Like I said, it's just humor that I get. So it's my quote of the day. But um, nonetheless, um, next up is Banani. Obviously, Nani's doing this whole season for her mom, so she's going to be channeling that strength. Bananas, dude, solid daily competitor. If you don't believe it, look at his daily win total. It, it happens. Yeah. They go out there. They fucking smoke it. What was super impressive to me on this is what Bananas said to Nani during the whole time. His, like, coaching of her and encouragement. It wasn't, like, a rush. It's like, yeah. you can do this. You've got this. Dude, you did so fucking awesome. You killed it. It was, like, it was such an encouraging thing and something you don't typically expect to hear from Bananas with a partner. I this is going to be rare for me because I know I give bananas shit. Bananas confessional about Nani's mom is one of the only times that I can remember watching the challenge that I've seen Johnny, not bananas. I agree 100% one, with that. Yeah, great way of putting That's that. Perfectly said. Perfectly said. Because earlier when I was talking about, you know, and I was apologizing for, you know, sh- shortchanging their friendship so much. That was the moment that I was talking about that was like, okay, they're closer than I really gave them credit for. And it was in that moment you could tell that he, like, it, it just it humanized him and it made him relatable and like yeah. more likable, in my opinion. And it showed that he really does truly care for Nani. And it was just, yeah. I loved it. I loved that moment. Well, that's that's the Johnny that I like. And that's the Johnny that I root for. Yeah. I can kind of take or leave bananas depending on situation. Same. But I am yeah. always here for the guy in that confessional. I think it's very telling, especially with you hear the term friend thrown around a lot from people that have done a season or so together, right? Yeah. yeah. Like Nani refers to Turbo as her friend and Nani refers to Bananas as her friend. But Bananas is an actual friend and knows about Nani and cares about Nani and empathizes and sympathizes with her Yeah, on a level yeah. that a friend would based on what we've all saw in that confessional. Yeah. Compared to what we see um, later with 
Nani and Turbo, where it's not a real friendship. It's There's no connection there other than we've done a season together. So I think that's very telling. And yeah, agreed. It, it's, it's a great moment for, for Johnny. But anyway, so after Bananas and Nani go, and they smoke it too, they're it, it, all by the yeah. edit. They all look like they finished with the same exact time. You know, we don't know. <laughs> but next, uh, we're expecting to hear the results, and TJ, TJ announces... Uh, waiting for the last uh, team to come on and get going. And, you know, they're all looking around like, oh, what? What the fuck? And then I don't know what she said, but you hear a sound. Someone kind of makes a woo sound and they come down from the Casey says, I'm back. I thought she was going to say, let's fucking go. I thought she was too, but she didn't. She said, I'm back. (laughs) Um, But she walks down. Of course, Nani loses her shit seeing her girlfriend, um, love of her life. And then her Casey's brother Kenny's with her, so they get an opportunity to go as well. Yeah, and they actually kill the the daily as well. Like they do really good, which you know was kind of cool because like obviously we didn't see anything from episode one, and like as far as them competing and you know like Kenny and whatnot. And so it was really cool. They did really good, and they completed the daily, and they get back on shore, and, you know, TJ starts talking about how there were four teams that completed the daily, and all four of them were apparently, like, within seconds of each other. But, you know, in the end, obviously, like, Bananas and Nani end up winning this one, which is super cool for her. You know, I'm sure <laughs> it was <laughs> nothing for Bananas. It's not the first time he's come out and won the first, you know, challenge like right out the gate. But 63rd fucking <laughs> fine, or daily win. It's insane. But it's cool for Nani. Like, it was oh, something it. she doesn't really excel at. You know what I mean? Swimming, heights, you know, rope swinging, you know, pulling her, her weight up up a rope. Like, it's just... Not something you would think Nani would excel at, but she did really good. And it's not like Johnny did it for her. She was on the her whole opposite side and had to do it by herself. So you can't take credit away from her on that. Yep. You know, it's the first one out of the gate. It, it's, you know, she said she was going to come out and win for her mom, and she did. And I love it. And it sets a real tone on yeah. how the season may or may not go. But it's a good way to start off and get some... Uh, get some momentum going for him. Yeah. Um, so from here, we move from the daily, obviously, Bananas and Nani win, like we just said, and we go into deliberation, where typically we would probably get a scene of Bananas and Nani talking about who they think they want to put in. Mm-hmm. But really, it's just the whole intro is Nani going to Turbo, and this is what I was referencing about them not being true friends, just show friends. Mm-hmm. Because she goes to him with a very simple question of, Turbo, we heard that you wanted to go in, and I, I'm just trying to find out, do you really want to go in, or were you just saying that? And <laughs> Turbo either doesn't understand this or doesn't care to listen to what Nani's actually saying, and fucking completely blows it up, makes a mountain out of a molehill, and basically sets himself to go in when he could have just said, no, Nani, I don't really want to go in, and guess what? Turbo probably wouldn't have fucking gone in. Yeah. Now I will say, like, I think that Nani was right when she said that Turbo just didn't want to say, no, I don't want to go in after having said that he'll go into every single elimination and send everyone home. Yeah. The other thing I would like to say is how many times did Johnny fold and refold whatever he was doing in there (laughs) when he got stuck behind them and there was no way, no escape 
he's just like, well, I guess I'm going to have to keep folding and refolding yeah. this until everything's done. <laughs> but then it just like it did a close up on Nani. And then when it went back to a wide shot, he wasn't there anymore. And then yeah. he was in the hallway with everyone else. And oh I was like, oh, God. OK. So at some point he just like made a run for it. <laughs> One of the cameramen got kind of close and he just snuck behind them or something. Right. But, <laughs> and and just to kind of go back a, a bit, um, when Bananas and Nani first get in the house, there's a scene after Bananas makes that joke with Turbo about he hasn't killed anyone yet, um, where he has a conversation with, Not, uh, with Laurel. And Laurel basically breaks down to him everything that's happened on the boat. So Bananas gets a really good read on the house right away because the right people are there. And so, and I was telling Karina this, like, it's amazing that Bananas is in the house for 48 hours and he already knows how the whole house is pretty much laid out. Like, and that's something about this guy. experience, you know? It is the the experience, but it's also like, look, we have the conversations about goats, but to me, what Bananas did in this show, in this episode, shows why he is one of the goats of strategic social play and reading the house. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Because when we finally get through the whole fucking argument with Banana or with Turbo and Nani, they talk about who they're going to put up into the interrogation. And Bananas wants to send in a group of uh, three friends and and shoot for ones to see who could take Turbo out. Yeah, so he says that his main goal with this is that he wants to, like kind of force like flush it out yeah he wants to force an alliance to pretty much backstab each other because he knows how the draw works he saw the first one so if you send down an alliance of three or four pairs they're gonna end up going against each other and somebody is gonna have to backstab somebody else when they pull that safe dagger and this was really fucking smart of him like he he knows exactly what he's doing with this kind of a twist and i just thought it was really interesting yeah sending jay into elimination yeah, well, he's he knew he read right away what that alliance was, and I mean, he was a hundred percent dead on bullseye. Like it, it's just, it was crazy. I would also say that he's probably gonna, he's probably going to say whatever in that situation to make sure that among the people that he's bringing into deliberation, that Jay and Michelle are one of them. Yeah, I think I think he, it was for Jay and Michelle, it was to flush out where the alliance really was because he knew that Johnny and Jay are friends outside yeah. of the challenge. Yeah. He wanted to see where that was really laying in the house. And I think another part of it was he he heard about what Johnny did last week about how the rookies aren't going to play scared. And, and Johnny fucked himself and in turn fucked Jay. Yeah. But I think another big part of this is he knows he wants to get Turbo out. And when I say him, I'm referring to Bananas, wants to get Turbo yeah. out. And he knows that room has a set of guys that could probably do it, depending on the elimination. Like, because Jay could probably smoke Turbo in certain fucking eliminations. Maybe not a pole wrestle or a balls in or something super physical. Mm -hmm. But endurance-wise, I wouldn't be opposed or somewhere he has to climb. He could smoke him. Yeah, Johnny's a fucking fit, in-shape guy. Could probably beat Turbo in certain physicals and certain endurances. And then it comes down to Kim and Colleen and or Horatio, Horatio or Olivia, which all four of them, I think, have, would have a good chance. But they decide to go with Horatio and Olivia, I think, strictly based on how well they performed. And they know yes. how big of a beast Horatio is. And, yeah. you know, so. So they start bringing the teams in right off the bat. They have Johnny and Raven first. And Bananas is like honest with them. Like he tells them. He wants to send a message and he figured all the rookies were working together and he wants to break it up. Like he didn't even he didn't even front with them. He just told them exactly what it is. And 
Johnny said Middlebrook said that he was expecting it. So he wasn't really shocked, which is kind of like what Horatio had said as well. They, you know, have Horatio and Olivia next, but they do tell Horatio and Olivia that they're not really like gunning for them. And they like kind of like wish them luck. And then I th- I found it funny because Horatio was like, you know, I'm not really worried. I've got confidence in my partner. Like, it's fine. No worries. Thank you. Like, he's playing nice and playing smart. And Bananas stops him. He's like, so wait, so wait, that's only partially what you're capable of? No, never mind. You're definitely going into elimination and like makes a joke about it. But I'm calling it right now. Bananas and Nani are going to end up working with Olivia and Horatio. They're going to end up working with them. Bananas has got a guy crush on Horatio. He does. He, like TJ he's does. got a guy, a guy crush on Horatio for sure. And then next comes in Jay and Michelle. And this is really the only like bananas didn't do this with Johnny. And I wonder if it's because he's more comfortable with Jay, but he straight calls Jay out and like confronts him directly and like tells him, you know, I know that you're working with Johnny and I know that Johnny's decision to how did he word it? Oh, have an open season on the vets was either co-signed or partially thought of by you, you know, and kind of calls him out on that. And Michelle starts crying, like literally bawling her fucking eyes out, saying that Nani is her sister. And this whole time, like Nani's just sitting there. She looks completely unfazed. She ends up telling Michelle that like it was nothing personal and she feels bad. But I just thought it was kind of funny, like the whole time she's just sitting there, like staring at Michelle crying, just unfazed, nothing. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if somebody I'm super close with is sitting across the table crying, like I'm going to cry. And so I just I don't know if like Michelle is trying to play up this friendship more than it actually is just as like a like a guilt trip kind of thing. And I think Jay thinks the same thing because he has a confessional here where he's like, is this how you won Survivor? Like, I don't know if these are real <laughs> tears or fake tears, but this is great. I was like, oh, my God, dude. Like, what is going on right now? And, and look, I, I know you feel a certain type of way about this, Tony, because it's Jay. And that's your, like, that's your your number one in this game, pretty much. Because he, he brought you into the challenge from Survivor. Mm-hmm. But... I think his plan could have worked if Johnny didn't go so fucking big in the elimination last week saying, you know, we're not going to play a scared game and blah, blah, blah. He could have just said, look, we're picking Kayla and Sam because we feel like they're the best option to go in. Yeah. And look at that. And it probably wouldn't have been a big deal. And that's the thing is like, I'm not discounting the effectiveness of what bananas is doing. But what I'm saying is that, as soon as Bananas walks into the house, once again, he's immediately gunning for Jay. And it's happened like total madness. It was the same deal. And it was because Jay tried to put the votes back onto Bananas when they were continually going after him. It all comes down to the whole like Morgan situation or whatever, right? Like, yeah, I, I feel like I Jay about that. doesn't care about that as much. Like Jay doesn't bring it up. Jay doesn't always come back to this. But right. I feel like Bananas has this thing where, like, as soon as he sees Jay, he's just like, I need to get him out. I don't trust him, whatever. So mm-hmm. I don't think that it would have mattered what Johnny and Raven would have said last week. Jay and Michelle still would have been in this deliberation for a different reason. I don't know what that reason is because he doesn't need a different reason. Yeah. For this, it just so happened to play out that. 
Johnny went full tilt last week and shot himself in the foot and in doing so shot Jay in the foot. Yep. As per usual, Jay has somebody else dragging him down um, <laughs> in a season. But I totally think that no matter what the situation would have been last week, even if it was a rookie team that went home, there still would have been a way for Jay and Michelle to end up in this deliberation because bananas is on that side of the table. Oh yeah, yeah. no, I see your point. And, and yeah, no, I think that's a very valid point. And I'd even make the connection on the Morgan thing. And that makes a lot of sense when you kind of look at it. Cause it's like, why do these guys not really like to, Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes more sense. Yeah. Next up after this. And, and look, that was probably the real deliberation. The rest is a circus show after that because um, <laughs> we get Turbo and Tamara come in. For um, like 30 seconds. Yeah, and Turbo <laughs> literally throws a fit because Nani tries to say something and says he doesn't like the way Nani talks. I don't know if that's what he really says. Who fucking cares? But Says he doesn't want to talk to her. He doesn't want to listen to her. He gets up and walks out. Like to the point he's like calling Tamara's name and like call, he's like, come, come on now, Tamara. Like, calling her like a fucking dog. I was just like, dude, what is wrong with you? And she get this was the most awkward thing ever because she gets up and she looks at Johnny and Nani or bananas and Nani. And she like kind of has this like look in her eye. Like she's about to just like, I, I didn't know what she was going to do, but then just like the most like subtle, like, I don't know. I just got this well, scared girl kind of feel from it, but she was like, I'm coming. Yeah, I'm coming. Well, Turbo. bananas like, even tells her to sit down. Like, says, like, like, stay. stay. It's fine. Not just like stay. sit down, no, like arguing. Like, he's like, no, it's okay. You can sit down and stay. Like, yeah. like almost trying to give her that out of like, you don't have to go with him. It was just, yeah. it was a sad moment. Like to just to see the way she was like, I'm coming. I, I'm coming, Turbo. Like it just, I don't know, man. It was just, it was weird. I did not like that moment. Oh, Turbo telling Nani to sit down when Nani was already sitting down. And then she was like, uh, I already am. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say, going back to like the initial interaction between Nani and Turbo, 100%, even beyond 100%, I have to give Nani props for not backing down and for not taking any of his bullshit. And just being like, I'm in power now. Yeah. Like, this is the situation. This is how it is. I need a simple answer from you. Yes or no. Do you want to go in? And obviously, like, there was no simple answer to be had. But no. she didn't back down. And we're seeing a totally different Nani this season. Um, and I'm here for it. Like, I, you can tell in every confessional. You can tell in every interaction. Like, she is there with a purpose. Agreed. It's kind of different uh, motivation, but it's similar to the John A thing, you know, like sometimes yep. people need that extra little push and this is her little extra push. And I will give all credit to Karina said that uh, I will give all credit to Karina because she said this and it fucking killed me is during the turbo Nani interaction during deliberation. She looked at me and she goes, he's fucking lucky Nani didn't have a thing of cup of noodles. Yeah. And I was like, over him. yeah, it would have been fucking World War Three right there. Anyway, so uh, Turbo walking out to, uh, goes pussy chicken number two, I think. I'm reading Karina's notes, just in all fairness. But, I don't think uh, so. Um, I think he went, I think he might have gone back to number one idiot man or something like that. Something, whenever is great insults. He did, like he said, I think this might have been where he had said it. Um, the first time he said it again at the elimination, but basically that like bananas is a, is a champion and he respects him for that, but he's also like an idiot and yeah. he has no patience for him. 
it's just i'm just it's just like such a non-issue yeah and and here's my theme is like i don't get what his gameplay is in this like does he not realize how much he's just he shot his own own game just just fucking flushed it like it was nothing like your chance at 500k because you want to pretend to be some fucking badass tough guy I feel like he relied a lot on on his intimidation factor, which is valid. Like he is turbo at the end yeah. of the day and people did walk on eggshells around him. But I think that he may have taken it as a good thing, whereas it was a thing where this is a stressor in the house that we don't actually need. And there are enough stressors from the game itself that we can remove this one and it will be better for it. And I think yes. that came into play in the actual elimination. It was made very clear whether or not the full breadth of that was was sort of understood by Turbo. And I don't mean that as like a cultural or a language thing. I mean, just quite simply, I don't know if he understood that the reason that everybody was working against him was not because they were scared of him, but because they the energy that he was putting into the house was something that they could no longer abide by. Exactly. And that's the theme is... Look, I think Turbo's a very smart guy. I just don't think he understands the nuances of the the nuances of communication in the English language, especially when you throw slang in there and, you know, and maybe he does and he's just using that as an excuse, but if you're going to be the intimidation role, you got to shut the fuck up and keep your mouth closed. Otherwise, you <laughs> lose all of the fucking mystery behind it and people find out you're either just a fucking prick or you are someone to actually be worried about like CT. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It's it's better to let the mind wander on that. So uh, with this being said, we we go from the interrogations to the zone for the eliminations. Is it called the zone? Is that what it's, it's called? It's still the zone. Yes. Yeah. Like the ESPN zone. Those were fun. Anyways, uh, no, I'm joking. We don't go to the club. I'm sorry. I, I skipped a whole section. I was wondering yeah. if we were just skipping the club. I was like, all right, no, 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 we're no, not no, doing no. the club scene, whatever. <laughs> well, we did get like one of the most awkward flirting scenes I've seen in a long time. Laurel and Horatio. Yeah, that was that, so not nice. on Laurel's side, but Horatio's side. Like, yeah. Like, he's like, I never approach women. Like, I'm too nervous. And it's like, bro, you look like fucking Adonis. What are you talking about? That doesn't mean you can't be nervous to talk to women. <laughs> no, you can be nervous, but you're telling me that guy has never approached a woman. Right? I know. He's like, you just sit and watch them for weeks. I was like, that's kind of creepy. <laughs> like, maybe you shouldn't just do that. You know what? Maybe I'm. Maybe he's a younger guy in this younger generation I know doesn't it really it's not particularly yeah. enjoy social interactions face to face so they don't they don't hook i up mean i'm an older gentleman and i don't yeah i don't really like it either but at the same time you know it's one of those scenes like you should probably learn to play the lottery if you want to ever win it kind yeah. of thing you know what i mean mm -hmm. but that's neither here nor there um it was just i i don't know it it just it wasn't cringe or anything it was just kind of awkward yeah. but it was awkward. I'm here for it because we didn't get any of this in All-Stars 3 or USA. So to get a little bit of club scene, <laughs> a little hookup scene, I know that's not Tony's thing, but that is part of the challenge reality TV. And I enjoy it because it creates another dynamic of drama in this house. Because yeah. obviously 90% of the time there is a sloppy ending to this that affects multiple people's games. So oh, I'm interested There's in so this. many hookups this season. I'm excited to see it. But yeah. Yeah, no, that that moment with Horatio and Laura was a, a little bit awkward, but 
There's another moment with Laurel that I caught on my second watch through. Oh, that shit. this was while like Nani and Michelle were having their like little couch powwow moment. They're like talking like all intensely and like apologizing, and Nani's crying and like all this shit. And then like the camera kind of like backs out from them a little bit, and you can see Laurel in the back, and she's just fucking going off, like shaking her ass, just like flipping her hair all around, just having like the best time, like right behind Nani and Michelle. And I was just like, that was an awkward view for the camera to choose for that specific like moment. <laughs> I loved it though. I was so here Get for it. Get it, Laurel. Live your fucking, best life. I love You're in it, Argentina. Dude. Fuck I it. Love it. Get You're it. a doctor. You're on fucking the challenge. Yeah. What else could you really want to do other than shake your ass? Back at the house, Jay is kind of sitting in a room and he's watching Johnny and Olivia, Olivia. talk outside, right? And Michelle's like sitting there and she's telling him, she's like, dude, like he's doing too much right now. And Jay's like worried, like maybe they might be making a pact or whatever. And Michelle's like, he's doing too much. We need to cut line. We need to cut ties with him. Like we can't get drugged down in that like sinking ship. And then it cuts to a Michelle confessional and she starts referring to Jay as her dog. And she's like, I just need to put him on a leash or on a collar and a leash. And I just need him to stay right here and just shut up. And the whole time I was just thinking, I was like, somewhere in this world, I don't know where, but somewhere out there, Shamika is fucking furious right now <laughs> listening to this confessional. Like she is fuming, like fire coming out of her ears right now like oh my god uh like that's how you talk about your ride or die michelle like come on dude god she did later apologize on twitter did she okay but she, i was like damn that and was then harsh. jay responded to it but she also said in that confessional that like she also loves her dogs more than anything else in the world so <laughs> yeah. you know it, it's kind of like all right like she didn't mean it in a really insulting way i think it oh, was no, just her her yeah, analogy no. on the situation but i don't think she's wrong either so as far no, as like, what jay's doing well he's in a super fucked up position because his options are ditch johnny which means that nobody else in the house is going to trust him because like he's one of his closest friendships yep. in or out of the house or he stays with Johnny and then nobody trusts him from the vet side because he's friends with one of the rookies who's gunning for all the vets. Yep. Now, that being said, as we saw last week, Bamber and Chauncey and Jay and Michelle are like the rookiest vets of mm -hmm. the bunch as far as how they're considered. Yeah. Yeah. So they kind of don't have a leg to stand on anyway. It was bound to happen where the first, the first vet team that the vets are going to shoot at, we're going to be either Jay and Michelle or Amber and Chauncey anyway. It yeah. doesn't matter. And yeah. so really you might as well go with the bigger group. They didn't know that we were going to get a vet vet team for the next three shows. Mm -hmm. They went with the rookies. The rookies had the numbers and they were going to be at the bottom of the vets anyway. So they might as well be in the middle of the rookies. And I mean, technically, after this episode, they're still, I think, kind of in the lead as far as numbers. I think. But you've got some you've got some vets that are with rookies. Yeah, that's true. That is true. And then they're siding with the vets because they're of with their vets. Vet. Yeah. Um. Like Jack yeah. and Laurel. Yeah, mm -hmm. no, that makes yeah, because like nobody's going to go after Jack and Laurel, like even though they're a vet rookie team. But yeah. then you've got a dual vet team based on definition of Jay and Michelle. 
that are totally underneath Laurel and Jack in the pecking order. And probably they might even be underneath like Amber and Chauncey. I'm not sure. Or like pretty even. It's pretty close. Yeah, I would. I would assume so. They hate Bamber. Bamber (laughs) is. I don't know why. But all the vets hate her. Dude, I fucking really like Bamber and Chauncey. They didn't get enough airtime this week. Hopefully that gets corrected. Yeah. Um, But with that being said, we do get a little bit of them coming up uh, as far as a confessional goes when we get to the elimination, which uh, is called uh, tonight is called what? Memory Lane. Yeah, I believe. Memory Lane. Yeah. So bananas and Nani, you know, I hey, I'm gonna keep it short. It's and not sweet. even a surprise. Yeah, yeah, they send in Turbo and Tamara. That's who they're going after. What? What? Surprise spoiler. <laughs> Karina ha- Karina, go ahead. This oh, is God. you. No, I I actually ended up taking this out of the notes. Oh, okay. You didn't even it didn't update. But anyway, no, we were watching the show and like they had that far back view in the zone where you could we were watching the teams like kind of walk up to that like the dagger platform thing where they pull the daggers out of right and i was just like staring at it and i kept saying to rick i was like why does it look like that's just like a like an awkwardly shaped like box or something like wrapped in like duct tape like from far away i swear to god it was just like a box wrapped in duct tape and i was like why would they do that that doesn't make any sense and then it gets a close-up on it and i was like oh no it is actually like a like a rock like a stone of some sort I was like, I'm just fucking stupid. <laughs> it looked like duct tape to me. In your defense, it's probably a styrofoam block painted like a rock. It's yeah. either styrofoam or fiberglass, one of the two. Yeah. You right. know what I mean? Um, so anyway, uh, yeah. So the three teams get over to the uh the dagger platform. The draw. Uh, yeah, dagger the draw. Rock. The draw. There the you go. dagger rock. The dagger rock. <laughs> With I their hit like single <laughs> pull my sword. <laughs> <laughs> I kinda like that. The dagger rock. <laughs> um but yeah. <laughs> So up versus uh, Horatio and Olivia. They pull the one on the far left side. It is a blank. Up next is Johnny and Raven. Raven. Yep. I don't know. I didn't care about all this. I oh. just wrote who pulled the fucking Well, anyways, dagger. they pulled the one. Well, I, I'm the reason I'm saying this because I found it interesting where the dagger was. They pulled the one it's on the, the far way. right and same it's blank. Way. And then obviously Jay and Michelle up last. They pulled the middle one. It's safe. Just funny that they put it in the same exact spot two weeks in a row. Yeah, they put no the the was the the safe one the last time was on the end because it, it was, was right in the middle. Of, it was, was in the it? middle. Yeah, because yeah. I remember Laurel and Jack stepped all the way to the end and pulled the one on the end. It was in the middle last. No, week. no. I just rewatched it. Tori and Devin pulled the one. No, in they f- pulled the one right in front of them, and then Laurel and Jack went next and oh, stepped yeah, yeah. over. I just rewatched it. But I the promise or- you. Yeah, no, no, no. I believe you. But the order, the fact that they went outside, outside, inside, and then this week they went down the row. It just it's weird how they're doing that. Maybe it's an editing thing. I don't know. I think they randomize the order of who draws. It doesn't matter where you're standing there. They just randomize who draws first and then TJ calls you out. Okay. That that's my assumption. I don't know. Well, no. I I thought that they had I could have sworn that Kim and Colleen pulled the one in front of them and it was the safe one, not the one in the middle. Yeah. No, it was yeah. It was yeah, well the they were in the middle. They had moved so they to pulled, the middle. Yeah. Okay. Because Jack and Laura were originally standing next to Tori and them, but they stepped forward and grabbed theirs, and then they just stepped back, putting Kim and Colleen in the middle, and then they stepped right forward and grabbed the middle one. Yeah, because initially I was like, why are Johnny and Raven going away from the order? Because I thought it was not safe, not safe, safe Mm -hmm. from last week. So I was like, why the hell would you go for the one that already said safe last week? Yeah. But... 
they went for the one that didn't say safe last week, which. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Jay and Michelle pull the pull the dagger and then they start talk, arguing over, you know, who they're going to save. Michelle really wants him to let go of Johnny because she thinks it's just going to drag them down being aligned with him after his absolute explosion <laughs> last week. But, you know, Jay says he can't do that, which I respect. He stays true and he saves his boy, Johnny. So honestly, exactly like what I said too. like, he didn't have a ch- like either way. No, yeah, it's like it's like he said, if he would have if he would have flipped, everybody in the house wouldn't have trusted him because they know that he just fucking left his number one dude hanging out to dry. And if Johnny and Raven had ended up beating, you know, Turbo and Tamara, then he's got that as an issue as well. Like it was it was because here's the thing is if he he saves Johnny right now, he can still break away from Johnny and, and Raven moving forward. It just I, I agree that it wasn't right to do in this moment. So I think he yeah. made the right choice in this moment. But I do think that if he wants he has a hope to last long term, he's got to like step away from Johnny because Johnny and everybody attached to him is going to have a huge target on their back. I'm going to be honest, though. I'm really happy that he did save Johnny because I don't know if Johnny and Raven do as well as Horatio and Olivia did. I mean, maybe because the whole house wanted Turbo to lose. So I don't think it would have mattered who was going against Turbo. The house was going to help the other team no matter what. Yeah, maybe. You know what I, I mean? I just think it made it easier for the house that Horatio and Olivia are both really likable so far in the house, yes, too. I do agree with that. It was also uh, interesting how unimpressed Bananas seemed to be that Jay and Michelle were safe. Yeah, interesting on that so, part. Um, yeah, I, so, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, so obviously we're getting Horatio and Olivia versus Turbo and Tamara. What they're doing is it's a giant memory flip game, memory cards, where you yeah. have to match up two. You get to flip one, flip another. If it doesn't match, you have to go tag your partner. They go over, get a flip two, and there you yeah. go. 12 pairs. 12 pairs. 12 first, match, you know. Yeah. yeah, first one to win, or first one to get all 12 wins. I did like that right before the horn blew. Bananas looked at Olivia and said, breathe, calm down. And, you know, because that's a rookie mistake. Your first elimination, you get super hyped. You get into your head or you're not yeah. thinking. And he's telling her, take a, take a step back. Take a deep breath. You got this. Yeah, Stay he calm. tells her, you've got this. Like yeah. So, like, yeah. you can tell right there that Bananas wants them to win. Yeah, and and I mean, look, it's obvious that the whole house wants them to win because literally every single person up there <laughs> is yelling instructions to fucking uh, Horatio and Olivia. And then it finally kind of boils down to three people, which is Bananas, Nani, Laurel, and then Devin, all kind of giving them, hey, go here, go here. Well, here was my favorite part is there was like a point where like Laurel started helping, you know, because obviously that's her little man crush down there in elimination. And Devin starts yelling to Olivia. He's like, listen to Laurel. And then he starts screaming. He's like, everybody be quiet. Everybody be quiet. But literally Devin was the only other one besides Laurel talking at that moment. And I was like, that is literally the most like Devin thing that he could have done in that moment is continue to scream over Laurel telling everybody else to be quiet. Like, Oh my God, Devin. I, I love him so much, but my God, dude. <laughs> it, it was impressive on Olivia's part that they went back and forth more than 12 times because they got a few wrong in the beginning before everybody really got into the rhythm of helping her, helping them. But she you could tell she was getting winded, but she never really slowed down. She kept that steady pace. And yeah, and obviously Horatio beasted it. He didn't have any issues with endurance at all. And 
long story short, they fucking smoked them 12 uh, to two? 2, I believe. Yeah, I think that's right. I think, yeah, Turbo and them only got two or three matches. So, yeah, fucking smoked them. <laughs> um, obviously, it was really the whole house versus Turbo. But nonetheless, I don't think Turbo was going to win that no matter who he went against because they were going to help. Yeah. You know, like Karina said. Yeah. And I'm not sad to see him go. Take care. Hope to see you never. Bye. Yeah. Yeah. I did yeah. like this next part, though. As soon as the horn was, you know, TJ blew the horn. <laughs> Horatio, like, runs across his platform and then does, like, a front flip off and lands in the sand. But he literally does it, like, right in front of Turbo as Turbo's still trying to, like, run across to his board. <laughs> And I fucking died laughing because I was like, that's like, you know, Turbo's like thing. Like, let me do flips and all this crazy shit. And then this dude just does like this, like fucking standing front flip. Just right into sand right in front of you as he just whooped your ass at an elimination. Your first elimination and fucking sent you home. I was like, yes, I'm living for this moment. (laughs) I loved what Devin said as Turbo was walking away, though. Oh, see, yes, line of the night. So Devin goes, really nice, really nice meeting you both. I'll cherish these memories forever. (laughs) To the worst wedding guest of all time. Oh, my God. Fucking Devin just murdering it. You know, Turbo wanted to kill him right there. He Um, talks so much shit. I'm so here for it. But uh, so (laughs) TJ lets him know, you know, great job, Horatio and Olivia. uh, But, you know, you guys can get going. And then they go take about a half step and TJ goes, you know what? I'm still uh, feeling real friendly. Um, so, you know, here you guys go. And he brings out Jordan. Dude, and, the look on Tori's face and the way Devin turned and like looked at her and his eyes takes. were so fucking big and his mouth was just like agape. I was just like, oh, my God, this is going to get fucking interesting. The song, though. Yeah, K Flay. I'm so here for the song. I love that song. My son actually turned me on to that song. And so when I saw it on there, and he loves Jordan, my 11 year old, my oldest, he loves Jordan. And he's the one who turned me on that song. And uh, it's by K Flay. It's called Blood in the Cut. And so when I saw, I was like, oh my God. And I like took a little video of it and I texted it over to him. And I was like, dude, look at the song that. You know, they brought Jordan out as a surprise on this season. And look at the song they play for him. Like, he was so friggin' stoked. So, um, I loved that part. Yeah. Um, but where's Anissa? Yeah. Where's Anissa? Why does Jordan come out by herself? She'll be at the top of next episode. She, she like, she also was there previously, right? Because yes. she was there with her, yeah. actually, like, her initial partner. Yeah. So, Correct. yeah. They might just be holding her back because. Everybody knew that she was there and then she had to quote unquote leave. So they might not know that she's back in play. Right. Plus, they probably wanted to give Jordan that moment solo. Oh, I'm sure. Although, does anybody else find it super weird that Jordan is the next one in and not Darrell? Because you're going to go bananas, Jordan, Darrell. Yeah. Like, it's nothing, absolutely nothing against Darrell. I like Darrell. Big Darrell fan, but wouldn't wouldn't you want there, to like yeah finish with Jordan because Jordan's the one who like hasn't been back in a bit and yeah. like now you're going to have Jordan come in and everyone's going to be like oh shit and then Darrell's going to come in and they're like hey Darrell how's it going like <laughs> long time no I, see, again buddy. no disrespect to Darrell but it's it's a weird order yeah 
to yeah. go in. Yeah, I mean, I've actually been thinking about this because Jordan and Anissa, no matter how you slice it, are a bigger deal than Darrell and Veronica from a competitive ranking looking at yeah. all cast, right? I I think production was reading the writing and thought they had one more week with Turbo there, and they were trying to get the interaction of Jordan and Turbo together, so they moved them yeah. up. And when that happened... The way it did, they it was too late to reverse. They had to play it out as was. Yeah. I could be completely off and just talking shit, which is more than likely true, but there's my two cents. But that wraps up the episode. We get the preview for next week, and I think the real big thing on the preview for next week is we get that interaction with Jordan and Tori, where Tori basically goes, I haven't seen you or talked to you in a year and a half, and you show up on this show knowing I'm going to be here after everything that's been said. I have questions and I want answers. So we're going to get some juicy stuff. It's going to be interesting. Should be a good episode. I'm yeah. For it. Um, I didn't really see what it looked like. We we're going to get elimination or daily wise, but I'm stoked. These last two episodes have been really, really solid. Two episodes for the flagship. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm here for this season. This, so far. this season's looking pretty good. And I'm, I'm excited. Everything from the fact that we're not getting everybody in a metal bunker to deliberate <laughs> with iPads that we're getting old school, just sit down at a table and talk. I'm here for it and I'm ready yeah. for next week already. But guys, before we get into fantasy recaps for week one and week two, why don't we go ahead and do our week two MVPs? Okay. Um, yep. I'll lead off. Mine's pretty cut and dry. It's bananas and Nani come in, win the daily, read the house like a book. And get out what some people consider one of uh, the most infamous and good champ. I don't want to say great, but good champions in Turbo. They they basically play this whole episode to perfection. If I was going to give a runner up, it would be to uh, Olivia and Horatio. Did great at the daily, and then obviously took out Turbo. So there you go. I love it. Mine are actually the same. Got to give it to Bananas and Nani. As much as, you know, I really love that Olivia and Horatio won the elimination and I will give them like an honorable mention. Bananas and Nani not only won the daily, set it up for Turbo to go into elimination and go home, put people in the elimination that they, you know, thought had a good chance at beating him. So they really thought everything out and strategized really well for this elimination and this setup. But they kicked off the trend of helping Olivia and Horatio with the memory board. Bananas was one of the first ones to to start yelling out answers, and then a bunch of everybody else started helping too. So I'm definitely going to give mine to uh, Bananas and Nani with Horatio and Olivia also as a, an honorable mention for, you know, carrying it out and being able to handle their shit. Plus, they kicked ass in the daily. Like, they almost won. So, like, yeah, definitely. So my MVPs are Horatio and Olivia. For everything that we've mentioned, it's also their very first challenge and they're coming out swinging with the first like really kind of physical elimination or sorry, physical daily, basically going in first, which is the worst place that you can go in doing it, showing everyone how it's done and then still having only three other teams that were able to do it, even with them as a guide. Yeah. And then as far as elimination, I mean, they were able to hold their own. Granted, they did have help, but there's a reason they had help. And it's because. They're not big, burly jerks. Yeah. Fast. Devin gets my honorable mention simply for the really nice meeting you both. I'll cherish these memories forever line because I watched it a whole bunch and kept rewinding. 
I Sweet. Love I love it. I love it. All right. So let's go ahead and get into fantasy because we got two weeks to recap. We got week one. We went through, got all the confessionals, put everything together. So I'm just going to run through the teams real quick. Not yeah, who's yeah. on everybody's teams, but how you got your points and what your total points are. Perfect. So week one, uh, Karina got five points for Devin and Tori for winning the elimination, but also got nine points for their confessionals. Annalise and Tommy had seven confessionals, so seven points. She has Darrell and Veronica. They haven't made their appearance appearance yet, so that's still a zero. And then Emily slash Emmy slash I'm a quitter slash Germany reality TV queen got her two points. <laughs> so that's a total for week one of 23 points for Karina. Corey coming in hot with two points from Kenny and Casey before they got quarantined. Jay and Michelle, solid nine points confessional. And then another three points with Turbo and Tamara's com- confessionals. And then Johnny Middlebrooks is on his team. So he got five points for the daily and three points for confessionals. So his total was 22 points. Josh's team, Jack and the introverts, got 16 points, uh, which was seven confessionals from Laurel and Jack, four from uh, Fessy and Mariah, three from the Targaryens, and Nam got him two. (laughs) I came in as the low man in with nine points because I got five confessionals from Bamber and Chauncey and then zero from Bananas and Nani because they weren't there week one. And Olivia and Horatio got me four points. So once again, total of nine. Tony, top dog, week one. Boom. Jordan and Issa, not applicable. They weren't in it, so zero. But Kayla and Sam, 10 confessionals. Nelson and Norice, six confessionals. And then Raven uh, got you five points in daily and five points in confessionals. So you had a total of 26. So recapping the total points after week one, Tony in first place with 26, Karina in second with 23, Corey in third with 22, Josh in fourth with 16. And I'm bringing it up in the rear with nine points, even getting to <laughs> double digits. It was tough for me. <laughs> but then we got into week two. Karina had a little bit of a tougher week. Uh, Devin and Tori still solid nine points in the confessional, just killing it two weeks in a row. Mm-hmm. Uh, unfortunately, Annalise and Tommy came in with a donut with zero. Same with Darrell and Veronica because they're not here. But Emily didn't get you any points, and now she's gone. So that's good for you. You're stronger I'm now. Fine. You yeah, built a bye. stronger tribe, and that's a little foreshadowing to what's coming up next. <laughs> so your total points, you got what I got last week, nine points. Yep. Corey, solid week. Casey and Kenny come back. Give them three points for confessionals. Jay and Michelle, another solid week. Nine points in confessionals. Turbo and Tamara got eight points in confessionals. And then Johnny Middlebrooks got a donut. Zero. Josh was low man on the totem pole this week. Laurel and Jack really carried his team with five confessional points. And then Nam got one. Fessy and Mariah and the Targaryens were no-shows for confessionals this week. (laughs) I fucking murdered it this week um bamber and chauncey uh there just wasn't a lot of airtime for them they got one confessional point bananas and nani got five points for the daily win and 15 confessionals just fucking non-stop on our screen yeah and then all episode <laughs> all episode and then horatio and olivia got five points for winning the elimination and then nine confessionals so a solid episode mm-hmm. from them Tony, you got uh, 35 points, by 35 the way. 35 total. <laughs> I'm sorry, 35 total points for me. Tony's team, not so hot. Jordan and Nisa wasn't applicable. We got to see Jordan, but didn't get a confessional from him before the episode ended. 
I have a feeling that will probably change next week. Oh, I'm sure he'll have and, plenty to say. Yeah, I'm basically expecting Tony to have the week I had this week. Yeah. Nerese and Nelson really carried your team with six, and then Raven came in with one. So the totals after week two, big turnaround. I come in with 46 points. I'm in first place. Corey's got 42 in second place. Tony's in third with 33. Karina's nipping at the hills with 32. And then Josh is in last place with 22. But as we can see, big swings every week, and I expect this to keep going. And we've still got another team to add to the game, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. Yeah, I'm excited Question. about this. Yeah, go ahead. Did I get a point for Nelson's confessional where he showed up in Olivia's confessional but didn't actually say anything? No, I did I, not. I did not. I count personally that. think you should. No, but he didn't I say, do too. He didn't say a fucking word, and that was not he a was confession. in the confessional. No, he did. He was not in the confessional. He was. Listen, just because he's not yours doesn't in. mean I shouldn't get a point for it. No. I think I think no. the fair way to do this, <laughs> because this is how we handle everything, is to go into the chat and, and just the podcast, the, the podcast host chat, and let's put it to a vote. But they're not even in there right now. That's fine. We can wait till tomorrow. It's it's one point. It's not going to make it. It's he's either going to be. In She's the just worried spot. I'm going to expand my lead of one. Yeah, it wasn't a confessional. It counts. He to was, me. He was in the confessional. He was photoshopped in. He was not physically sitting there in the confessional. Yes, you he was. No, he was not. It, it was, was the same outfit. Yes, he was in the confessional room. He was not sitting in there with her when she said that they photoshopped him out of his own confessional and moved him in. And put some hearts by his head. That means and he then was moved in his own confession. But when she was referring to no. love, she was directly referring to Nelson. No. I think we put it up for a vote. And that's my opinion. But you guys, at the end of the day, it's one point. I don't fucking care. Um, with yeah, that I being, also don't care. Yeah. Unless I lose by a point, in which case I need that point back. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you lose by a point, that means you would just tie. So just saying. So it's better than losing. Yeah, well, you know, it's it's not like there's a lot of money on the line. It's just all pride here. So we're like turbo when it comes to fantasy, obviously. Anyway, guys, that wraps up our recap for episode two, friend or foe. And not like the foe you eat, but like foe, F-A-U-X. Just wanted to put that out there. You like know, fake. Like fake or <laughs> ingenuine. Yes. Ungenuine. I don't know. I'm. It's late. I'm not a master wordsmith. <laughs> um, but with that being said, check out this ad. We'll be back. Hey, challenge fandom. It's your co-host Karina here to talk to you. Okay. I won't do that. I promise. However, I do want to ask you, do you struggle with your daily water intake? Because I know that I struggle with my daily water intake. I suck at it. I lose my water bottles all over the house. I forget about them. Or, you know, as much as I hate to admit this, sometimes it's just easier to just keep on drinking the coffee I made in the morning. <laughs> but that's not healthy. It's not good for me. And I've been noticing changes in my body lately. I am more tired. It's harder for me to get up in the mornings. But that's why I wanted to come on and talk to you guys about Hydromate USA. So I recently discovered this company and I get it. I get it. I get it. Water bottles that have the timestamps on them that help you keep track through the day. Everybody makes those. Blah, blah. I get it. I get it. I get it. But let me tell you why I love Hydromate USA's bottles. Number one, they're actually really affordable. Number two, the designs are like so cute. Oh my gosh. I love their color schemes. 
If you go and check it out, you'll probably see right off the bat why it attracted me so much. But on top of that, I also love that they offer these electrolyte mixed drink packets that you can add into your water that will help boost your electrolyte, help boost your energy and your mood, help get you ready for your day. But my absolute favorite part about these is that they offer these insulated water bottle sleeves that you can just put over your water bottle, whether you get like a 32 ounce water bottle or you get one of their bigger ones. It's like a half gallon. You can get these insulated water sleeves that will keep your drink cold all day long. And I literally mean all day long. And as a cute little handle, you can carry it by. I love having a handle on my water bottle. It's like having a pocket in my dress. Okay. On top of that, they don't leak. And I can't tell you guys what it is like to be a mom of a toddler and have these cups all over the house leaking everywhere. I could literally put this thing inside my purse. It tip upside down. And this bottle is not going to leak everywhere. And trust me, I've tried it because that is one of my biggest things when I buy new water bottles or new cups. I don't want it leaking. I am on the go a lot. I have kids that I take to and from school, practices, games. I need a water bottle that's not going to leak everywhere. If you are interested in checking out Hydromate USA, make sure you go to hydromateusa.com slash challenge fandom podcast. And then when you're getting ready to check out, make sure you enter our code challenge fandom podcast to take advantage of that 15% off. Again, that is hydromateusa.com slash challenge fandom podcast. And then at checkout, make sure you enter that code challenge fandom podcast. I will have everything linked down below in the episode description so that you can just click and go. You guys know how I like to do it for you. Now let's get back to our show. All right. So, yeah, like we said, uh, you know, we're going to get into our Survivor portion now. Survivor 42, Episode 5, Stop With The Niceness. thought that was a pretty interesting little title considering what happens in this episode. Well, and also, also considering like you and I just had that conversation, what, yesterday? Or this? No, this morning. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because I wasn't like, I don't know, like I'm into the season, but... I just haven't been getting like hype for it. And I think it's because of the lack of like any kind of like conflict or drama, really. It's just been like really smooth sailing. Everybody's super likable, which is great until there's like nothing really going on. And then you're like, somebody do something shady, damn it. <laughs> like, well, and that's the thing survivor. too is like the, the tribes that have animosity aren't going to tribal. So yeah. we're only seeing the first like five minute chunk. And then they don't lose the challenge, so they don't go to tribal. So although this season, I will say, we're seeing a lot more of the tribes that won yeah. after the challenge than we have in seasons past. But we're right. still not getting a whole lot from them. So it then becomes a matter of like Gabler and Ellie have this huge like back and forth thing, right? Right. It's going to be an all out war at some point between the two of them. But they're not going to tribal, which means that conceivably, to skip way ahead, if there is a merge next week, they're going into the merge with a super fractured tribe. Yes. Yes. And that's where things will get interesting is once we get to the merge and all these different people from these different tribes have to all of a sudden learn how to live together and work together really fucking quick. So yeah. I'm I'm excited for merge. 
I hope like I I don't know how consistent it is because again, for anybody listening, I'm a newer Survivor fan, so I've only seen like certain seasons and not all in order. I've just kind of jumped around looking at ones that I need to see. I like when they do the merge and they send them to a completely new beach where they have to all start completely over again. I love when they do that. So I hope they do that again this season because I think that like that alone causes a lot of conflict with people because they're all pissed off because they've already done all this at their other locations, you know. So anyway, like you said, that's jumping way far ahead, um, you know, but I do hope that I, I like I hope for that every time I watch Survivor. I'm like, please just give them a fresh new beach and let me watch them just like panic. <laughs> well, yeah. And like even just tribe swaps and stuff like that. And I don't know. Yeah, I don't know that the mechanics are really put in place for tribe swaps right now, especially Mm -hmm. where they've switched to the bead beware advantage. Right. Because really, if you swap somebody's tribe and then put them on a beach with people they don't know, they're going to be less likely to do that. And then you're really screwing somebody over with really no way of getting those beads. Right. It doesn't even come down to social skills at that point because you literally do not know these people and you don't know how long you're going to be swapped. Right. Because yeah. sometimes they'll swap like usually what you'll see in a three person in a three tribe season is they'll then get reshuffled into two tribes. Yeah. Yeah. And then yeah, yeah. 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 I do so, remember seeing that on a season. Yeah. But I don't know if that'll happen. Like, I think because of the beads, they've basically confirmed that there aren't going to be any swaps. Right. Till the merge. But they could still do the whole like cut the like. Half the people are safe, half the people aren't, and then just not do the hourglass thing. Cause I know that they're not, which is fantastic. Cause it's terrible. Yes. But I, even if they like, I'm totally fine with them doing half of the people win immunity, half of the people don't. Everybody gets the feast, but half don't get immunity. And then you have those people then play for one more immunity, and then everybody else is up for grabs. I'm fine with that. Yeah, I don't I don't mind that twist. I just don't like the idea of the hourglass where they can flip it. Like if somebody it's like Danny said on our on our interview with him, like if if you earned that win, you should be given that win. And that's it. Like shouldn't just be taken from you. And so I, I, I I'm glad they're not doing that anymore for sure. No, exactly. But anyway, so this episode opens up obviously on Cocoa Beach post their first tribal. They had just voted out, you know, paranoid Lindsay. And so they're getting back. But obviously, Cassidy had one vote for her. And I found it like interesting just how like open she was to just asking who voted for me. And, you know, I do you want to go talk about it a little bit? And Ryan, Mm. Ryan steps up and he says, you know, it wasn't me, but I will go have a talk with you and, you know, kind of explain things to you because I don't want the other, you know, the person who it was to like take heat or whatever. And then Gio jumps up and he's like, it was me. I was like, bro, what are you doing? Like, you had a whole cover right there. And then he turns around and he goes and talks to Cassidy and throws fucking Ryan under the bus. I was like, oh, my God, dude. But it's the second time that he's done that, too, because like I sent you I sent you um, Lindsay's exit press where Gio told Lindsay that Ryan felt that she was a threat and was put like trying to get everyone to vote for her. Now, I don't know if that actually happened. Right. Um, it could be one of those situations like Deshaun with Erica at the water well, where he just kept the conversation going until Erica said that she didn't want to take Heather to the end. 
Right. Yeah. Just so that he had that information so he could say she said this and it's accurate. So that could be the case. Um, when we just took a quick break there, I did see that Geo's exit interview stuff was up and mm. I didn't read it. So I'm not <laughs> sure. I do know that he didn't know the extent of what Ryan was planning in this episode, mm. although they did talk about doing it. Just not that it was being done at this point. Right. So they, yeah, I mean, they're kind of, they think that they're in, in the hot, like they're in control. Right. So I think they're, they're a bit more cavalier with Mm -hmm. the information that they're providing because they think it doesn't matter. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Cause they think Carla and James are with them. Right. Which means that really it's just Cassidy on an Island by herself. So (laughs) they think, yeah. They gonna learn today. <laughs> Cassidy also called him sassy, so it's like the third time in two episodes that somebody has called somebody else sassy, which I is know. something that I haven't heard in like ten years. So it's really funny that it's come up three times in from two different people in the last two episodes because yeah. Ellie called Owen sassy. I know, and like you said, it's like it's not something like I hear on like a normal basis. So it like really sticks out to me every time somebody says it. I'm like sassy like that's such yeah. a an odd like word to choose i don't know it was it's it's funny though i you know and i get it i see it You're like he was being sassy with her yeah but i i like that uh both cassidy and carla are just like let them think what they want mm-hmm. let them dig their own graves like just let them think that they're absolutely running shit because until they're not there's no reason for them to think otherwise if they think that they're in control then they're not trying to scramble exactly. they're just kicking back and thinking that they're in control. Do I I am really, really digging Carla. Like I like yeah. her a lot. She's kicking ass. She's she reads this game really well. She plays really smart. I love it. I'm totally here for Carla. And then so from there we go over to the Baca Beach. And this is where Ellie and Janine are kind of searching around and they talk about how, you know, every time they get a moment alone, they take it to kind of, you know, go look for idols, whatever. And they are looking around for idols. They're not finding anything. But then all of a sudden they just see this like tree. And it's weird because it's like this standalone tree sitting in the middle of this like almost like tiny little meadow kind of area. Just this own tree by itself. Just perfect. I think Janine even like talks about it being like in all its survivor gold or something like that. Like it just looks like a survivor tree that you would find a fucking advantage. in. I'm like, nobody's checked this tree yet. Really? Ellie was right in front of it like two episodes ago. They showed her looking for an idol and they did the little highlight thing. And it was right there where she was. And she just didn't clock it. Yep. But, you know, Janine walks over and she starts searching through the tree and she ends up finding the beware advantage in there, which was absolutely fucking covered in ants. And I was just sitting there thinking, I was like, I don't know if I'd have been able to sit there and hold that thing. I'd have been fucking stomping on it, shaking it out, beating it against the tree before I even tried to open that shit. Well, and she was flicking it the entire time she was trying to read it, too, which is hilarious because you just (laughs) even while she was reading it, you could see how many ants were on it. Yeah, it was insane. Well, here's the part that I don't get. Okay, now they she gets a thing, and obviously she goes back to Ellie. That's her girl, and she tells her, and they're like, "Okay, you know." And Ellie's like, "Dude, you don't need your vote. Go ahead and open it. Like the alliance has got you. No big deal." And so she opens it, knowing she's probably going to get some kind of you know punishment. Of course, it's a beware advantage. 
Uh, ends up being the bead challenge. Shocker. But they're doing this right by the water well. Yeah. Yeah, you you guys couldn't find anywhere more secretive to do something like other than where anybody would come to at any point in time. Like, what are you doing? And I don't know if like they were the ones that were gone to get the water for everyone for the day, because normally they'll just like you two will like that'll be your task for the day. We're like you go and get the water for everyone. Right. Right. Yeah. But then they either forgot Owens or Owen was still drinking his and then drank it all. Yep. But like as they're having the conversation of like, this is the advantage, this is what we have to do. We can't tell Owen because they're not sure about Owen, which is hilarious in and of itself, because they're going back and forth between who they should trust, Sammy or Owen. They decide to trust Sammy, who thus far has told every single thing that they've said to him to Gabler out of spite, because Ellie said that she had a better relationship with Gabler than he did. And he's like, well, I'll show you. <laughs> Whereas Owen hasn't done anything to give up their spot. Even when he knew that they looked through the bag, he was still like acting shocked when Sammy and Gabler were like, they went through his bag. Yeah. And he was like, exactly. yeah, he could have said, yeah, I was the lookout. Um, not that, that would have gone well for him, but like they would be the majority anyway. But yeah, they trust Sammy who has done nothing to earn their trust or keep their trust. And then they're completely skeptical of Owen who has done nothing. (laughs) Yeah. Who has done nothing to indicate that he shouldn't be trusted other than the fact that they think he's a bit nervous. Yeah, exactly. Which like I do see, and I've said it before, like, you know, he's just got that kind of nervous energy, but it's just funny to watch it because it's like the person that you're like putting all your trust in is literally the one like stabbing you in the back over and over and over again. And you have such a a distrust in this one guy because he's got this nervous energy, but he's the only one being loyal to you, too. And it's just like funny to watch it play out, you know, like, oh, my yeah. God. But so they end up saying they're like, you know, we can't let Owen know. Obviously, he catches them and everything. And then so obviously now, like they have to share with him. He saw them with the thing and he was like what you got there and he was like oh nothing he's like mm-hmm. like he knew exactly what yeah. the fuck they had found not maybe not exactly but he knew they found something an idol or whatever so he's this was interesting and i i got excited for a second because he's reading this and he says in like a confessional he's like you know i could really mess this up by refusing her my bead and then he and then he's like but then again like i kind of potentially like really want to work with them and so he ends up giving her his whole strand of his beads, including the bead that she needs from him. And I was just like, oh, my God, that would have been fucking epic if he would have been like, nope, you can't have mine. <laughs> and that's the thing, too. Like, if he would if he knew how much they distrusted him. Yep. Then he would very simply be like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. But and just going with the guys overtly. But because he's still like, I need to keep these relationships going with both sides because he is literally the man in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. So giving her the bead, although it does give her a huge advantage, it's an advantage that's now known. Right. So if you know somebody has a hidden immunity idol, then you know how to work around it. But it's when you don't know that's the issue. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's that's a good point, too. It's so... (laughs) Everybody ends up learning about this thing. Like they go and they tell Sammy and because they're like, you know what? He's we're working with him or they think they are. 
they're like, let's just tell Sammy he's part of the alliance, whatever. And then that way he'll give us his beads. And, you know, he plays it cool. And he's like, yeah, you know, whatever. You can have them like no big deal. The next scene is them all sitting around at camp, obviously. And Janine brings it up and she's like, you know, I want to make a bracelet. I want to, you know, have a little bit uh, from all of you for this bracelet. Do you guys mind giving me like some of your beads? And everybody's like, yeah, yeah. Cause like almost everybody knows about this fucking thing at this yeah. point, except for Gabler. He's the only one who doesn't know at this point because Sammy couldn't get to him before the whole like fire camp situation happened. So they all hand her their beads and try to make it look normal and natural. And Gabler pulls out his bag of beads and he hands her like two or three like green ones. And she's like trying to talk him into this yellow one. He's like, nah, I want to save it for my daughter. And she like tells him that she wants this like you know this chunky yellow one because it like reminds me of you and I really want this one for my bracelet can I just trade you for these green ones whatever and he fucking falls for it he goes for it and I was just like oh my god they were so fucking close to not giving her this idol well and that's the thing too is because it's so new nobody knows to be skeptical of something like that yep but also so the first time it was really high stress, high tension with Cody. Right. Because yes. like he lost it right before tribal yeah. and he was only with really working with half of his tribe. And the other half was a total wild card as to whether or not they even want to talk to him, let alone like give him beads. Yeah. And then <laughs> with Carla, it was like a mad scramble and using different techniques on each person. Mm hmm. This one I wasn't as interested in, and I don't even think that it's necessarily because it's the third time, because the first two were completely different. Right. But this time it was mostly just the same technique as Carla. Not that she would have seen what Carla did, but just the fact that like they use the exact same angle and it yeah. works the exact same way. Um, I expected there to be a bit more pullback or like pushback with the Baca tribe because mm -hmm. of the fact that like they're they all want different things. And yeah. they're not really a cohesive unit, but Correct. for whatever yeah. reason, they were just like, yeah, sure, whatever. And I think it is because it's just so innocuous that now season, if season 44 is able to see elements of season 43 before they film, I don't think, I think that everybody is going to be absolutely skeptical of any ask from any person about anything. Right. Otherwise, we might get one more season of the current incarnation of like the beware advantage being bead based. Yeah. If they haven't seen it, but then going forward, I don't know what they're going to use because they can't really use the like phrases anymore and they won't really be able to use the beads. So unless they come up with a new mechanic every single season, in which case everybody just has to be like super sketched out by everyone else. Which yeah. could be interesting as well. Like if it if it become comes to a point where anything could be an advantage, then it almost like amps up the like intensity of it because anything could be an advantage. Yeah, exactly. It could literally be anything. And yeah, at that point, you have to be suspicious of everything, you know, moving forward. It, like you said, if they can see these this season before 44 goes. But after Janine gets all the beads. It cuts to a scene of Sammy and Gabler sitting on the beach and Sammy spills the beans to Gabler and absolutely breaks his heart because Gabler's like, dude, I was right there. I almost like had it. 
I shouldn't have given her that damn beat. I didn't want to give it to her. Like I was just the whole time I was like, dude, I bet he feels like an idiot right now. But at the same time, Janine and Ellie still think that Gabler thinks that his idol will not work anymore, but he knows that it will. So I think that's going to be a really interesting play because he knows that they have an idol. They know he has an idol, but they think he thinks that his doesn't work anymore. So yeah. it, it, it's it's going to get interesting in that aspect, in my opinion. And I like I like that all that this did was just cause him to further distrust Ellie and Janine. Yeah. Instead of just being like, oh, they got one over on me. Now he's just like, <laughs> I need to get them out now. Yeah. Which is good because it just furthers that like explosion that's going to happen. It'll be really interesting to kind of see how it pans out. Not jumping too far ahead because it's the next thing. But <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a season where they've split reward and immunity into two separate challenges. And then they've gone back to it being one challenge again. That was weird, right? OK, because like I was writing my notes and I saw like the, you know, the drone shot that Rick's always talking about that he loves yeah. over the over what the the challenge is for that day. And I immediately just wrote in my notes. I was like reward challenge and I was getting ready yeah, to. And then all of a sudden he's like, welcome to your immunity challenge. And I was like, wait, 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 hold, hold, hold the phone. What? Yeah. What? And so, yeah, um, immunity challenge and, you know, reward included, which is cool. But it is. It, it felt odd that they last week they had it separated. And then now this week they put it back together again. It just it feels really odd for Survivor, like disorganized. Especially because it's like I could understand if it was a situation where they already had the rest of the footage in the bag and they were just like, OK, so for this one, we're going to combine it because we have a lot of other stuff to show in this episode. But that's right. not how it works. Like the outcome of the challenge is what influences the rest of the episode exactly. because there was a lot of scramble and there were a lot of other like elements in there. Mm -hmm. So you would assume that like you would that's why it would be combined the only thing i can think of is maybe because they did go to like advantage cove that they felt like there was going to be more thing there were going to be more things that needed to be covered so then that's why they put them together because i don't know i don't remember if advantage cove took place last week when they split them yeah i can't remember I either don't now think that it did because I think we've only been there three times. Because um, right. it was. I think you're right. Um, oh my gosh, yeah, I didn't Gabler even realize that. Yeah. Yeah, because it would have been Gabler and then Noel and now Geo. Yeah. Wow, that's crazy. I actually didn't even. I didn't even think about that. That last week they didn't do the uh, the advantage thing. Crazy. I put that together on the fly. <laughs> Stats <laughs> As I was and talking, info. I was like, "Wait a minute." <laughs> Um, so anyway, so yeah, so we, we roll up to this immunity challenge and, uh, you know, so basically four members are going to be tied together and they have to work together to get through, you know, a few different obstacles. And then once they get through those obstacles, they have to grab a bucket, this little like bowl, really fill it with water, go over this giant freaking teeter totter. <laughs> and then they have to transfer water into another larger bucket, which is connected to a gate. Once enough water is in the bucket, it will lower the gate and they will race to the finish where they have three balls that they have to roll up a little tiny ramp and get it to settle up on a little tiny platform. 
the first one to get all three balls um, or the first two tribes to get all three balls up onto the top of the platform, obviously win immunity. And then there are tarps up for grabs for the rewards, obviously a large tarp for first place and a smaller tarp for second place and a trip to tribal council for last place. <laughs> Woo. Right. So obviously Vessi is a, is a tribe of four, so they don't have to do anything. But Coco ends up sitting out Carla and Baca ends up sitting out Gabler. And the game kicks off. And literally one of the first things that I noticed is like, how is Noelle this efficient uh, in through these obstacle courses? I don't get how she is this fucking efficient to get through those. Like the, the first one with the, with the sticks everywhere and they had to crawl through and find the way through all the, you know, all the big giant bamboo poles it looked like. They were super smart on that one, though. They went through the bottom. Yes. So everybody like, else climbed over top and they like army crawled underneath and got through like faster than anyone else. And then like the, you know, they had to jump over, uh, you know, they jump over the things. They had the teeter totter thing like she just she kicks ass. I'm just constantly impressed. With what she is capable of of doing. And I, I love yeah. it. I'm here for it. This challenge moves pretty quickly. Coco kind of takes the lead, dropping the gate first. And Vessi's kind of right behind them. Ryan gets up to start rolling the balls. Uh, Dwight's rolling them for Vessi. And Sammy is rolling them for Baca. I believe Ryan's the first one to get a ball up there. And everybody else kind of struggling. But, you know, and then it just kind of starts clicking, especially for like Dwight. And Ryan and Dwight end up tying at two balls. They both have two up there. And Dwight rolls one up and ends up landing it, giving Vessi the win, the first place win. And then, so now it's down to Coco and Baca. And again, it's like tied up at two. And Ryan just like throws this like (laughs) damn near a Hail Mary roll up this ramp. And just like knocks all of the balls off of the top of the platform, pretty much starting the team all the way over. And immediately after that, Sammy, you know, gently rolls his up, lands it, and Baca takes second place, sending Coco to tribal again. Ryan says that he did that on purpose and that he was throwing this challenge because he really wanted to get Cassidy out. And I just, I don't know, man. I just don't know how to feel about this. I, I don't know. Cause like that was really fucking stupid. <laughs> like, Yeah. It's, I mean, if you think that you have absolute control over your tribe and you know, that emerge is upcoming and you don't know how many more tribal councils there are going to be. And you need to get rid of this outlier because they're not going to be quote unquote with you. Right. I could see it. I could see the reasoning for it. I don't know if I would do it, but I also don't think that I, I don't think I've got it in me to throw a challenge. Yeah. But I absolutely understand the reasoning behind him wanting to simply because like he didn't want Cassidy there at the merge. Right. They wanted to be able to go in with a a tight four, I guess. But yeah, that's, it's a bold move. It's really bold, especially like, and I get it. Like we have a different viewpoint and different knowledge because we're watching from the outside in, right? And he is under the impression that he has all the numbers and that Cassidy's the one on the outs, not realizing that it's him and his dude Geo on the outs. But it's just like, I don't know, like in the game of Survivor to have that kind of confidence, like, I don't know, man. And you were wrong. Like you're wrong, 100% wrong. So that's what makes me feel like, how could you have this strong of confidence in making this move 
but still somehow come out on the on the wrong side. Like there should be absolutely zero, no possible chance that this could happen to you. And I'm sorry, but that doesn't exist in Survivor, in my opinion. Like mm. there's never a hundred percent guarantee that you are a hundred percent safe unless you have a fucking idol, right? Like I just I I don't know. I just that's the only thing that gets me is it's like I get why he did it. I just don't I just don't it, it to me. Throwing a challenge in Survivor is way fucking different than it is throwing a challenge in the challenge, right? Yeah, Because totally. anything can change in Survivor. It literally flips on the freaking drop of a hat, you know? So, I don't know. Well, I mean, you also need to have support from your alliance. Yeah. Because, like, if you look at Danny and Deshaun trying to throw the challenge to, ironically, get rid of Erica, who ended up winning, but then Nasir just, like, powered through. Mm-hmm. And one like pushed them forward to the point where they could not lose the challenge. Right. Because of Nasir and his like amazing skills. So <laughs> where the it was wholly on Ryan, he was the only one who could influence this portion of the game. Mm-hmm. It's conceivable that he could throw it um, as he did. But it seems like. Geo was not aware right. that he was going to throw it. They had talked about throwing a challenge to get rid of Cassidy, but they hadn't necessarily talked about throwing this one. I guess if you're going to throw a challenge, it's a good one to throw where you're the only person who can influence the outcome right. because then you don't have any outside interference. You're, you're effectively in control of whether your tribe wins or loses. But like I like, you know, and I absolutely adore Ryan. Like yeah. Ryan is seems such like such a genuine dude and like so salt of the earth and like absolutely lovely. Mm-hmm. But the rest of this episode was like a masterclass on like what not to do. Cause I mean <laughs> Yeah. He told the rest so he threw the challenge to get rid of Cassidy. And fine, if you think that you have the numbers to do that and you're an absolute lock on it, cool. Like, that makes sense for you. And also, it speaks to Carla and James's game that he was so confident that he had those numbers. True. But then told them to vote for him or to tell Cassidy to vote for him because he lost the challenge. Right. Also told them not to talk strategy to him to really show that he was on the outs which effectively takes you out of any conversation that's being had. So you don't even know if like the conversation has changed since you said, tell everyone to vote for me, but really we're voting for Cassidy. Yeah. You could have become the vote by that point. Yeah. And you wouldn't even know. (laughs) And then he told Cassidy that he felt that the heat was on him and that she should vote for him. If that's the way the numbers go because he doesn't want her on the wrong side of the numbers when they come back to tribal, which again, if you're playing, if you're really playing that up and you think it's a foregone conclusion that you're going home, then sure. I get it. Like telling her, don't throw a vote away from me just to like, just for your, like for our friendship's sake, because it's going to put you on the wrong side of the numbers. Yeah. And then, Like the whole thing was just like it all happened so fast Mm -hmm. and he was so confident with it that like 
there was some part of me that almost believed that it was a foregone conclusion that Cassidy was going home because of how confident he was in all this whole intricate plan that he had put together when it wasn't really at all. Pretty quick, they were talking about, I didn't realize how completely they were talking about voting Ryan out. Yeah. Until Geo came back from Advantage Cove. Right. Because right. up until that point, I, I absolutely thought the vote was still on Geo. I didn't realize that Ryan had inadvertently put the vote on himself. Well, and that was the thing is that like for a while there, like you said, I was really buying into this. Like, Ryan, I was like, dang, man, he's doing good. They might actually do this. But the only thing that threw me off was that immediately after he talked to like Carla and James and them, James goes and tells Cassie yeah, exactly. exactly what Ryan's plan is. And that's what kicks off her wanting Ryan. She's like, this dude has got to yeah. freaking go. He is way too damn smart. Like he he's trying to pull some crazy shit. I'm not here for it. He's got to go. I want it on him and not Geo. You know, she's trying to con- take control of the game. And yeah, I get it. But at the same time, like you've got the numbers right now. Roll with the fact that it's not going to be you. Like, let's just yeah. start there. <laughs> I And I think they, they need to, like, figure out. I mean, obviously, you never know when the merge is. Right. But like, if they got rid of Ryan and the merge was another vote away. Yep. It's a good chance they're probably going back to tribal again. Exactly. Like, what are you so going to do then? It makes sense to keep Ryan, but it's also a dangerous game because you know how smart Ryan is. You know that he could go deep when you hit individual immunities, mm-hmm. but he's also going to be target number one from the other tribes. They're going to want to get out the bigger guy that also takes out one of your numbers. So he's sort of a shield too, whereas nobody's going to necessarily gun for Geo. From a physical standpoint, now they absolutely can from like a strategic standpoint. But if you're if you're looking at the Coco tribe in a line and you're in the merge and you need to take a shot at one of them, then you're probably going to go for the big dude if he doesn't win individual immunity. Exactly. Yeah, because the the chances of him being able to win multiple individual immunities moving forward is is high, you know, so, yeah. Yeah, he would absolutely. So, you know, I get that. But I don't know, man, it was just this is what this is. This is the messiness that I was missing these first like yeah. three or four episodes, you know, and I love this messiness. Um, <laughs> But anyway, so we forgot to mention it, but whatever. At the end of the uh, daily challenge, they had chosen uh, Geo, Janine and Jesse, obviously, to send off to uh, Adventure Cove, except we're not. In a cove this time, they like drop them off in the middle of the freaking water on this like platform. And I don't remember who says it, but he calls it a rinky dink boat. Um, <laughs> and they have to. It was row. Jesse, I think. I think it was too, right? Okay. I, I, for, I forgot to write down who said it, but I rubbed it down because I started laughing. I don't know why I like that phrase, but I do. Well, he also, when they're all standing there on what I've dubbed the raft of risks, uh, <laughs> he looks at them and he's like, I feel like I invited you guys to a really shit party. <laughs> well, it was terrible out there. Like the current was so strong. They were barely moving anywhere. I was like, dude, they're just going to keep going further out from that, that island where the freaking, where the advantage, like <laughs> little bags and stuff are. I don't even know what to call anything because they don't even give any of it a name. Well, that was like a sandbar. It wasn't even an island. It was just yeah. like a stretch of sand. Yeah, exactly. But anyway, so they 
finally somehow make it over to this, you know, area where they got to get, where they got to do their risk or no risk. And, you know, Geo's talking it up. Trying to pull in a well. Yep. Trying to pull in a well, trying to, you know, get everybody to like not risk their vote so that he has a guaranteed advantage telling him he's on the bottom and blah, 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 blah. And all fucking three of them risk their vote. <laughs> he was so disappointed. He was like, well, that didn't work. <laughs> I was like, no, it did not work for you at all, buddy. I mean, but didn't happen the way you thought it was going to happen anyway. <laughs> so I, I normally would be an advocate for not risking your vote. Right. But I think it makes sense for each of them to do it for Jesse. Like, Jesse has a pretty good alliance with Cody. Mm-hmm. He's got his island wife, Dwight. Yeah. And then he's also got a decent relationship with Noelle, but they're right. also a really solid four. Yeah. And him losing his vote, they still have Cody's idol if they need it that Dwight and Noelle don't know about. Right. Yeah. Very true. So they can use it if they feel like the heat's kind of on. Mm-hmm. Even if they've only got one vote between the two of them, if the other two votes are going a certain way, then that helps. For Janine, I mean, Janine isn't really out anything. She thinks that she's in the majority of her alliance and that right. the next vote is going to be 100% Gabler. So she doesn't really need it. And then Geo is really actually the only one that should probably keep his vote. Yeah, exactly. But. He thinks it's three to one. Like he thinks even without his vote, it'll be three to one for Cassidy right. to go. Yeah. So he kind of feels like he's in a good spot as well. But in reality, he's probably the one out of the three of them that that should really hold on to that vote. Yeah, should have held that vote. No, I agree. I think the thing I think the thing with Janine that got me is not that like it really matters because again, she's pretty solid with her alliance. Um, She's sitting on the, you know, the high side of the numbers right now, but it just kind of felt like, like maybe the idea and the plan hadn't been thought all the way through because, okay, yes, you, you risk your vote. You get the little package saying you got to take it back to camp. You got to figure out what you're going to do. Are you going to tell your tribe? You're going to be honest because they know where you just went and what's available out there. So if you're going to tell them the truth, how is that going to look to everybody except for she still thinks Gabler doesn't know about her bead thing, but everybody else knows you just got an idol and now you immediately turn around and went for another advantage. Like you're going super hard being super like survivor greedy and it's not going to play out well. And you know, we see once she gets back to camp and we hear about it in some confessionals that it doesn't play off the best, even though like she doesn't end up getting the advantage, but it's just still doesn't play off well that she even risked it and tried to get another advantage for herself. It makes it look like she's playing too hard. And that never is a good sign in Survivor. No, but how amazing is it that she gets back, realizes everyone's asleep and just like skitters off down the path, <laughs> opens it, find out, finds out what it is, closes it again, and then doubles back on the beach to come up from the boat that's no longer there and wakes everybody up and is like, I'm back. I thought that was was interesting. That's some Ferris Bueller level sneaking around right there. It is. And you know what? I actually found it interesting. The difference in like the welcomes from like Baca to like Vessi, right? Like Baca's passed out. Don't give a fuck. Whatever. But Vessi's like waiting for Jesse to get back. They've made a fire. They're like, you know, they're falling the boat. Yeah. (laughs) 
He did. He ate shit when he got out of the boat. That was hilarious. Like, but they were they were there to welcome him home, you know. And I thought that was like yeah. again, it's just another symbol of like how close and strong these four really are in this tribe. Well, exactly. And I think he actually tweeted that uh, he was out walking his dog, and his neighbor yelled over, "I saw you fall out of the boat." <laughs> I tweeted That's him and incredible. said that he he just did it so that Geo didn't feel like he was all by himself and that Janine <laughs> just didn't follow through. Right? Oh my god, that's hilarious. <laughs> I love it. So obviously, you know, Jesse gets back. He is a hundred percent open and honest with his team. Opens his little shell thing with his entire tribe and sees that he yep. did not, and he lost his vote. And they're like, "Oh, you know, it's fine, it's fine." And it's like, okay, but. But it's not fine. But yeah, but you all still have your vote. Yeah, because as strong and great as you are together, if you have to go to tribal at some point before a merge or whatever, and that's my thing. Does the does the the vote thing this? It only lasts for one tribal, right? Yeah, that you but lose it's your, your next vote. Tribal. It's your next tribal. But what happens if the next episode is a merge? Like, does that negate it completely? Or I'm pretty sure that happened to Omer on on forty two. And it still carried had, through. He didn't have his, yeah. Because okay. he didn't have his vote. And like, he didn't have his vote, but he orchestrated the entire vote. He right, was able right. to manipulate the entire game to keep, I think, to keep Marianne safe. Yeah. Okay. I do remember. So it would still apply even if they went into a merge, you know, next week or whatever, as long as yeah, so like safe or whatever. Yeah. The way I'm going to jump ahead a little bit just because I took notes on it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. if next week is a merge, what we are going into the merge with, which is kind of ridiculous, Cody, Janine, and Carla all have immunity idols. They all have their bead hidden individual immunity idols. Right. Gabler's idol should also still work for the next tribal that he goes to, which would be this merge one. Noelle has a steal a vote. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Jesse and Janine do not have votes. Which means that Vessi is going in with three votes to the merge and Baca is going in with four votes to the merge, which means that even though Vessi is a super tight four, they don't have as many votes as the other two tribes and the other two tribes have four votes each. Yeah, they got to make some friends. (laughs) The other thing, Carla asked Gio if the other two risked their vote. Yeah. Carla has been to Advantage Cove. So mm-hmm. she knows that if you risk your vote and you don't get it, that you lose it. Right. So she's going to go into the merge knowing that Jesse and Janine do not have their votes. Exactly. Exactly. Which is information she- that the other tribes don't have about the other players. So Carla is actually going in with the most information. She knows that she has the, the idol. If she's able to finesse a question about beads to anybody else, she'll be able to find out who has the other idols. Yeah. And she knows that Jesse and Janine do not have their votes for this tribal. Yeah. Like she is fucking killing it. I, I love her and I am, and she's playing it so cool. Like, so like she's, she's like, she's playing a low game, but smart and good and, accurate and efficient and i love that because she's not drawing too much attention to herself but she technically is like doing the best really like overall when you look at like the whole picture like she's killing it 
Yeah, well, she like here's the thing is like Drea suffered from being survivor rich where she had all those advantages and became a target. Yeah. Carla has one advantage. She has the idol, but she's got all this information that like nobody else knows that she has because she's just sort of like picked it up in passing because that conversation with Gio, nobody else was there. Exactly. Yeah, because he lies to us. Shares that. Yeah. Nobody else will have that information. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I, 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 but I, but she does, she does tell the whole tribe, (laughs) you know, but in that moment, yeah, like she was the only one who knew he ended up getting the power advantage. Obviously, like you said, he lied to his tribe um, and then told Carla on the side, but then Carla goes, tells the entire fucking camp, like all the rest of the tribe and Cassidy starts flipping the fuck out and goes back to like really trying to push Ryan and, you know, James is like trying to tell him, he's like, no, like we have to vote Geo out, especially yeah. with this advantage. Like we have to get this out and take this out of play. So I thought this was funny because she gets like frustrated or whatever and gets up and leaves. And all of a sudden, like James and Carla are like, like, are we going to have a repeat of last week with Lindsay? Like, should we just vote Cassidy out? And I was like, dude, seriously, like I wrote in my notes, I was like. Did did I rewind and watch episode four again? Like, how did Lindsay get inside Cassidy's body? What happened here? I don't understand. Like, just go with your alliance. I don't get why she's so tripped the fuck out. I don't know. That speaks know. to the chaos of a tribe that didn't have to go to tribal council until right before the merge. And I guess that's true. If you if you've been told all day that it's Ryan and then Geo gets back and all of a sudden it has to be Geo. Yeah, because he has an advantage. That you might not like she might Carla probably didn't tell them the extent of the advantage. I don't think or I don't know. I've I I watched I only watched it like two hours, three hours ago. But yeah, I don't don't remember remember. if she said like he's got the the knowledge's power because if she said that, then that's different. But if she just said that she had he had an advantage, he got the advantage, then Cassidy doesn't know what it is. And she's like, do we really want to mess with? trying to vote him out when he's got an advantage fresh, but that's also like probably the best time to do it because he's not expecting it at all. Um, which is what James said really early on is like when they were first talking geo is like, this is why we have to vote geo because he's never going to be more comfortable than he is right now thinking that you're going home. Right. Exactly. Well, and one thing that I want to add in is like that I really I really love about the way that Survivor edits their episodes is it leaves us on a cliffhanger right there with Carla and James talking about potentially just sending Cassidy home because she's starting to act all crazy and paranoid. And so at this point, there's like three different possibilities up in the air. And then all of a sudden, like we're going to tribal and it's like you don't really know exactly what's going on. Like, I had a feeling Gio would end up being the one that was voted out. But it's like, you just, you really don't know because they don't foreshadow it quite the same way that, like, the challenge does. (laughs) Like, the challenge literally will spell it out for you in the beginning. But Survivor kind of leaves you on edge there so that you don't really know what is going to happen once you go into Tribal. And I like that, you know? And and it's true. Like we get into we get into tribal and it's just like it's all over the map. Everybody thinks they know exactly what's happening, but most of them don't know shit. And it's just I don't know. I think it makes it more intriguing, I, I think, is the right word. Yeah. Like, and I mean, tribal goes on for like three or four hours in like in wow. real time. 
Yeah. Wow. So really, we're wow. getting, yeah. So we're getting like sound bites at this point, but like the conversation is in depth and like, they're able to pull bits and pieces from whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. So like Ryan, for example, just saying like, if it's me that goes home, then it's me that goes home. And if that's what makes the tribe stronger, then that's what I'm going to do. And I've got no animosity towards anyone. And that's why like, and Jeff kept pushing the issue. Because I think Jeff like really wanted to get through that like nice guy facade. And eventually he just kind of realized like it's not a facade. It's just Ryan. Yeah. I mean, but it kind of was a facade because Ryan was like playing up to this part of him thinking that he's getting sent home and playing it up for Cassidy. And, you know, so I mean, like, I'm not saying that Ryan's not a nice guy because he's a super, super, super nice guy. But I definitely think like he was he was playing it up for Jeff and he was not letting down that act that he was no. willing to sacrifice himself in order for the betterment of the tribe because he lost the challenge, you know, and it was yep. just like he just quote unquote knew it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, again, like I'm terrible at taking notes on the actual like tribal because it's hard to like take notes on like yeah. what Jeff's asking them, what their responses are. I did notice, and I don't know why this bugs me so much, but it does, and it does no matter who says it, but Ryan's use of the word synergy made me want (laughs) to scratch my brain right out of my head. I hate that word so much. Like, stop, stop using this word. It is terrible. Oh, my God. I hate it. It drove me nuts. I I think my absolute favorite moment of Tribal was when Carla had a system malfunction. (laughs) <laughs> in the middle of Jeff asking a question and just sat there totally stoic and just like <laughs> staring off into space. Yeah. And then the music started ramping up and everyone started looking at her and then she answered it. And I've totally done that before too, where like I've been asked a question, I've received the question, I've processed the question and my response, and then I just keep it to myself. Yeah. <laughs> and then I realized that I've kept it to myself and then just like, oh, sorry, here it is. And that's totally what happened. But yep. it's, it's very rare that you see it in such a high pressure situation on such a loaded question about like Geo potentially going home because the plan that he thinks is what's what's going on is not actually true to form. Right. And like, how does he like, how does he navigate that? And then she just sat there. And then eventually everyone's staring at her and that's when it clicks. And it was just like, it's just one of those moments that it's nice that they kept it in because they very easily, like I said, three or four hours of tribal, they very easily could have had other footage that they kept in for that tribal. Right. It was just kind of nice that they, they kept that moment in. Yeah. And, And Cassidy also had one of the like probably top 10 most savage voting confessional lines. (laughs) of 43 seasons yeah that was savage as which i wrote it down because it was too amazing it was you think you can play me but the truth is i'm the one who put the blanks in the gun i have the real bullets yeah that was sick i was like tell him so good tell him (laughs) so good (laughs) it was great um oh uh, sorry go ahead perfect oh no i was just gonna say like this is the what third time that the knowledge is power advantage has been thwarted by the person that's been told about the knowledge is power advantage, basically meaning that the power comes from the knowledge of being told about it, not 
from having it or yep. from knowing who has an advantage because it's not worked any time, but it does give me further evidence into how I think advantage cove works mm-hmm. is that the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward, right. meaning that one person risks it, you get a steal a vote, two people risk it, you get an idol, three people risk it, it's something bigger like the knowledge is power or like an idol nullifier or something like that. Exactly. Um, yeah. But I think with the first two bags, you're not going to get much above an immunity idol. Right. No, I, I definitely agree with you there. I think there are different levels in the bags and, you know, we've kind of seen it at first. I didn't know if it was just like every week they change it, but I think right. you're right. Like depending on how many people are drawing, there's different advantages in those one, two and three bags. And it just yeah. depends on how many people are drawing and, and if you get it, you know. So, you know, everybody goes up and votes and uh, Jeff brings them down to read them, comes out, you know, Cassidy 2, Geo 2. And then the final vote is obviously for Geo. And Geo heads out the door with his knowledge is power uh, advantage right in his pocket. <laughs> Which production will take at the end of that walkway. Yes, they will. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's the thing is, is it, while Ryan didn't actually go home, he lost his his like only true other alliance members. So that puts him in a lot of danger. Makes me nervous because I like Ryan and he's on my my uh, fantasy team. And um, I really don't want to see him go out of the game, but he is not looking like he's in a good position right now. But at the same time, like. It just again, and I think that the the reason I feel the way I feel about him throwing the challenge is because I know what happens in the end, like right. he ends up losing his alliance member when they very well could have won and he wouldn't he'd be in a really good spot. They wouldn't have had to go to tribal and, you know, could have weakened one of the other teams. And so I got to remember that, too. Like, I'm upset because I know what happened. He didn't know what was going to happen in that moment. So. Right. For him, it was like a slam dunk. Cassidy was going home. Yeah, exactly. The poor guy. He the look on his face and Carla, she just kept saying, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Like it'll be I'm interested oh. to see the fallout of this. I'm wondering if the elimination of Geo does make it a more unified tribe and much more like Vessi in the sense that they're a strong four. Yeah. It's weird that we're now in a position where Baka is going in with the majority and they're the most dysfunctional. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Like they are very much a group of two, a group of two and Owen. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And just Owen. (laughs) Yeah. And not even that he's isolated from them. He's included in both of them. Right. And he just doesn't know where he plans on sitting. See, I'm I'm curious, like expecting if we don't go to the merge next week, I don't really know either way. But if we don't and there's another, you know, tribal or whatever. I'd be interested to see like if Vessi lost what direction they would go because they're so solid and there's four, you know, and I just, I don't know which way they would go. I feel like they would aim for Noel and we'd end up losing her, but I, I would just be interested to see how they would work that out because they are so like close and solid at this point. Yeah. I almost feel they might go for Dwight because they because the thought would be that they would go after noel which makes the next logical move to go after dwight but right. if she knows that jesse lost his vote 
she would try to steal Cody's vote and Cody would have to give Jesse his idol if he thought that they like it's one of those things where it could very easily be Cody gives Jesse his idol and then Cody goes home exactly or Cody plays his idol for himself Noel steals it but then still votes for Jesse and Jesse goes out which I don't want to see that either <laughs> no like honestly like Carla Carla and Jesse are both on my fantasy team but they're even if they weren't they're the two that I am rooting yeah. for the most. Yeah, they're still my top two, my top two picks for the win. I mean, if I got to like say one outright right at this moment, I think Carla is in the best position. Yeah. But I, I would love to see Jesse win. I It would just be like an, a great story. And I know that that's like, you know, a cliche like cop out, but it would just be such a great story to the end of, you know, where he started to and everything he's gone through. And then now being on Survivor and then winning. Like, it would just be this, like, beautiful story, right? But, you know, I yeah. guess not everything is, you know, rainbows and sunshine. But, <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are those are actually, you know, like we said, or we didn't say, but obviously that was the end of the episode. And, yeah, my, those are still my two picks for the winners, like, I, or for the final two anyway. I, I just think that they're playing a really good game. Yeah, and I can see if Noelle makes it to final three. She has a great um, she's played a great game like she has a lot of stuff on her survivor resume yeah. that she can pull out there um, that'll really help her out, especially if she properly plays that steal a vote. Yeah. And is able to navigate the merge tribe. Same with same with James. James has a lot of promise if he can get to the final because he's really been completely influential with all of Coco along with Carla. Carla's had a bit more opportunity to kind of get some advantages and get a bit more information and really navigate the game like skillfully with her beware advantage. But, uh, but James has also been sort of along for the ride without being second fiddle. Yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm more excited now moving forward than I have been for the first few episodes, but now we're starting to see everything kind of get twisted and tumbled around and going to be yeah. exciting. Did we want to, did you have any MVP, MVPs you wanted to talk about for this episode? Carla, hands yeah, down. Same, same. Across Dude, the board. Killing the fucking game and she's not even like doing anything. And that's like the thing that's so impressive to me. It's she's not out here winning tons of dailies. She's not out here getting tons of like advantages and idols and stuff. She's just fucking playing solid. And yeah, Carla, yeah. 100% MVP, winner pick. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Absolutely. And then I've also, she was honestly my only MVP. I don't even have any honorable mentions. Um, it was just a clear cut Carla across the board win Same. for the day. Yeah. I've got the fantasy stuff as well. Okay. So last week, Corey had 101. Rick was 79. Um, I had 63. You had 55. Most of the confessional points didn't actually change. We had some like pluses or minuses, and a lot of us just stayed the exact same for confessional points. <laughs> so Corey picked up eight confessional points, got some points for um, Baca and Vessi winning, and for the eliminated player for 18 points. Rick came in with 15 points. Geo finally getting you some uh, confessional points there, Rick, but then of course going out as well. Sorry, my mic got turned off, but shit mm -hmm. fucking geo and then he's gone now <laughs> yeah but at least yeah. he got you six and then there sammy go. got you the other three and dwight big old goose egg <laughs> jesse was the only one from 
from Vessi who had any uh, confessionals this week. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, Rick, uh, you did also get an extra two points as well because Geo found the knowledge, got the knowledge as power advantage. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out well for him. Yeah. Yep, it did. <laughs> it worked out. Seemed, great. seemed more like a, a curse than a gift. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so far, the last three times it's been used. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fourth was. time's the charm. Right? So, Fingers crossed. I'm, I'm sure they'll be on my team in the future, too. <laughs> yeah, probably. Totally. So, Rick, you ended up with 15 points. Karina, you came through with nine. You got three from Ryan, two from James, and then some points for the immunity win and points for voting for the right person. Woo! I miscalculated my own points. So just one second here. I forgot that Janine what got her idol. So oh, yeah. I got 12 points for confessionals, which is like a nice. record high for me because it was because Janine randomly started having confessionals. She had five and then Jesse had four and Carla had three. And then I got some points for finding stuff and then immunity wins and voting for the right person for a total of 20 points, which ends us off all in the exact same positions, but just with bigger <laughs> numbers. <laughs> Corey had 119, Rick's got 94, I've got 83, and Karina, you've got 64. If nice. we do hit the merge next week, that's when the points start really changing because that's when we're going to start seeing um, some of the like individual immunity wins and individual reward wins, and those are worth more uh, because it's a bit more impressive than a team win. Right. Yeah. Sweet. So I, just, I love it. So my tribe now, Geo's gone, NECA's gone. I don't remember who who was on your tribe. Yeah, who else am I missing? Am I missing anyone else? Uh, Lindsay. Fuck. Lindsay. Okay. So we're down we're down to, to we're down to a strong two for the merge. Let's hope this this works out. <laughs> you got Sammy and Dwight. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's not a, that's not bad. There, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah Corey still yeah. got Corey still got all of his, but I will say. Corey's got two people that have been gunning for each other since like day three, but just haven't gone to tribal and the person who's stuck in the middle of both of them. So yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. I agree. Yeah. It'll be fun. Um, yeah. I, it is going to be interesting once those other tribes start going into tribal more often. So, yeah. But um, yeah, with that being said, if this was uh, too much to listen to us, just blabber numbers at you, make sure you go check out our IG because we will put, all of the uh, fantasy updates on our stories. I'm sorry we didn't do it last week, but again, obviously stuff got messed up with the challenge one. And I just kind of figured, you know what, we'll just wait until we get everything together and then we'll update everything. So if you want to see it in, in nice, pretty pictures, just go look at our Instagram stories and it'll all be there for you. I will have updated artwork to you guys by the morning. Woohoo. Woo. I mean, yeah, other than that, uh, you know, honestly, solid two episodes for Challenge and Survivor. I'm excited for both shows moving forward. We've also got some fun stuff coming up. Like, we're going to, by the time you guys hear this, it will probably be day of, but quote unquote, technically tomorrow, we get to sit down and talk to James uh, Wallington from Challenge USA, Amazing Race. Super, super stoked to meet him and talk to him. But that episode or that interview won't actually be out for a little bit, a few more weeks. The next one that we actually have coming out is going to be a special that we release 
next Monday on Halloween, uh, Ooh, October 31st. <laughs> we are going to be releasing our interview with the one and only. The one and only Johnny Hickey. Award winning. He's an award winning <laughs> actor, producer, director. He directed and co starred in the movie Habitual with CT. He's one of CT's like best friends, if you guys don't know. Um, so we talk challenge, we talk growing up, um, we talk just uh, literally so much. We talk horror movies, we talk producing and directing and just all kinds of fun stuff make sure you guys catch that one it's a really awesome episode johnny's a super super awesome guy and he's got a lot of cool shit coming up so especially if you're into like movies or horror or anything like that make sure you catch it he's got some great stuff out there uh if you can uh habituals on tubi like you said he's also got uh one called uh new series on the scare network and we'll get that linked for you guys. It's called Dark is the Night. Looks really good. Mm-hmm. I believe Jordan Wisely's in it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Yeah, he's friends with tons of challengers. Like he gives us like <laughs> he was telling us about like this story of like this one time he went to a reunion with CT, <laughs> like a challenge reunion, and he was like backstage with everybody and like some shit went down. So Make sure you guys catch that episode. It's it's fun. It's a good episode, and you guys will enjoy it. It really is. And then, uh, guys, uh, everything we've talked about as far as links, check them out in the description. Yep. And then give us some feedback on IG. Do you guys like all the links? Do you want us to keep doing it? Do you want us to just leave you alone and you'll figure out stuff on your own? Let <laughs> us know. I mean, we're here for the people. Uh, it is the Challenge Fandom Podcast, by the way, just in case you're wondering. <laughs> but... I think that pretty much wraps it up for tonight. What do you guys think? Yeah. Should we stick I a fork so. in it? I Yeah, I think it's the done. fat lady is sung. All right. Well, then there's only one thing left to do, and that's to tell you guys about a faux pas. No, I'm kidding. Um, for myself, Ricky <laughs> Hayes, my beautiful wife, Karina Hayes, that does not have an annoying laugh at all. It is a beautiful laugh, and I love it every time I hear it. Oh, my God. And, of course, the one, the only... Tony stats and motherfucking info Lance and of course our co-hosts that couldn't make it tonight Josh motherfucking Chambers and Corey Rage Cajun Viator we want to thank you guys all for tuning in we hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed making this I'm stumbling I'm bumbling and we're saying goodnight bye guys later bye Cracker
Tommy. Ride or die, ride or die, yeah. 